Hey, this is Max. Before we get started for today's episode, just a quick reminder that Good Brews, Bad Views will be out at Nicholas Uncaged, the sixth Nicholas Uncaged Film Festival Shit, at yeah. the Ant Theater, uh, Un- theater in Cage. Hamtramck, Michigan on February 23rd. Well, they'll be showing Drive Angry and Ghost Rider 2, Spirit <laughs> of Vengeance. <laughs> oh, no. And possibly setting a former Nicholas Cage stuntman on fire in an attempt to go for the Guinness World Book record. Yeah, well, of hope. longest time of a person of being longest on time fire. being fully fully in flames, <laughs> fully on fire, not just yeah, on fire. man, not just a little bit, not like the sleeve shot, but like everything. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be pretty awesome. Our former guest Justin, one of the guys who set that thing up. So please you, come Justin. out and see us. I guess there also will be drinks and such. So you know that would be cool. Yes. Yeah. And to lead into this episode, quote. By playing a superhero in Daredevil, I have inoculated myself from ever playing another superhero. Wearing a costume was a source of humiliation for me, and something I wouldn't want to do again soon. Ben Affleck. Oof. 2006. Right. Layers. Well, that one's got layers. But again, not really the point of this recording, but I very much liked Ben's uh, portrayal of Batman and Bruce Wayne. Those are my thoughts. Agreed. Yours. Weird flex, but okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Good Brews, Bad Views, the podcast that asks if great beer makes bad movies any better. I am your host, unburdened by Christian guilt, one Max and Storwich, and as always, joined by my legal partners in Thorpe's Everard and Storwich, uh, <laughs> one James Thorpe. Hello. And one Ryan Everard. Hello. And how are you guys doing this fine, uh, well, not not fine evening, it is quite terrible outside. Oh yeah, it's muggy and gross, it is just the very, you walk outside and just feel gray. It, it feel feels gray. like this movie we're about to watch oh, today. Oh, my God, please. So uh, today we are watching uh, Daredevil. Not the well-beloved Netflix TV series, the 2003 Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner and Colin Farrell starring Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Um, how this podcast is going to work is we're going to watch a movie, Daredevil. We're going to drink some uh, good beer alongside of it, yay. And we are <laughs> going to uh, crack wise, make some observations, and just have some discussions about this movie and maybe learn a thing or two and uh, talk about for this week the general state of superhero movies as we've been subjected to these movies for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan, uh, why don't you tell the folks at home where they can watch this movie as the podcast is designed to be watched alongside the movie. However, if you can't do that, we'll kind of narrate alongside and maybe you can guys, maybe you can follow along. Mm-hmm. It's dark. It's so dark. Okay. The scene is dark. <laughs> This other scene, also dark. Yep. Um, okay, so if anyone is watching along at home, we are watching this via Amazon today. Um, the 20th Century Fox logo has just begun to vanish into the frame, and the musical fanfare has just finished. And on the Amazon stream, that's 21 seconds in. So if anyone is uh, suffering along with us, press play now. As we begin today's episode, let us take you back to a dark time. 2003. <laughs> there had only been four major Marvel releases before this. Uh, Blade, X-Men, Blade 2, and Spider-Man 1 of Sam Raimi. Those are all 
so much better than this too. Exactly. Yeah. Two thousand three <laughs> was a big year for superhero movies. Fun little fact: you hear we have the, the the now classic Marvel opening. This is the first time you have like the little sound effects of of the pages flipping. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, two thousand three also uh, the year that the first uh, Hulk movie, aka Sad Hulk, Sulk, yeah. the Sulk, or yeah, the Angly Hulk movie came out. <laughs> also uh, coming out this year is uh, X Men Two. Very good film. Yes. And the movie that literally killed Sean Connery's acting career, The League of Extraordinary oh, Gentlemen. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. That's a bad movie, you guys. Yes, it is. This looks like Simcopter. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I, do, I do like the the Braille to uh, like actor's name little thing. Yes. That's, that, that's a fun little, that's little very effect. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but these... These opening credits here could easily be like a Batman. This is a this this non Batman movie is so Batman it hurts. <laughs> Even the color palette here is like straight out of like a terrible DC movie. Mm. This is this is also bright for the rest of the movie, folks. So yeah, yep. I uh, it's kind of <laughs> funny. So I was watching this the other day, and I'm um, sitting down here in my basement, and um, I, I started the movie. I was like, wow, this is this is really fucking dark. I I must have screwed up my brightness on my TV. So I started crawling through the me- crawling through the menu settings. So I was like, "No, it's just where it normally is. It's yeah. how the movie looks." So I cranked it up way, way high, and then it just looked terrible in other spots. So I don't know. It's just a very, very dark movie. Yeah, but even like the some of the CGI effects in this are painfully like early Marvel, early two thousands, very X Men, X Men Two opening credits. We have the classic Daredevil logo. Mm. This could be a Gotham City, you know, opening panel. <laughs> yep. but oh, ready for the CGI yeah. rat? Yep. CGI Couldn't get that rat. rat to go where it was. CGI hey, CGI rat. the CGI rat looks okay. It does. It yeah. actually looks pretty good. Um, spoilers for folks listening at home. This is probably the best CG in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Walking through some puddles, getting scared by stinky New York the sewer, sewer gas. Sewer steam. Sewer steam. We have that too here in Detroit. Joe Pantoliano. Was he in the Matrix? Hey, John Favreau. I'm going to look him up. The savior is in this movie. Yes. <laughs> really the progenitor, I guess. Yeah. This is an interesting um, narrative choice, how this movie is done. To throw... To kind of circle back circle to this back. later? Yeah. To go from literally from like late act three to early on. So Yeah. That's a cool shot right there, mm-hmm. actually, with the blood dripping down the... Uh, the, the, the Mary, yeah, Mary stained glass, yeah. Hey, Graham Revel, good soundtrack. Yeah. So once we uh, came off the rat, the the camera has just been ascending continually up a very ornate church, and we're getting some very quick cuts of other shit in the movie that we don't know what they are yet. It's so. like that trailer for La Femme Nikita, where they had the entire movie in like a minute or whatever it was. Yeah. They just sped it up. Yep. He I, kicked Spawn off of the cross <laughs> and took over. Yeah. Speaking of that, did you see that Seth MacFarlane or not Seth MacFarlane? Todd MacFarlane. Todd MacFarlane. Right? put something out today about his Spawn movie, how it's going to be, quote, joyless. Oh. Which is exactly the kind of kind of hmm. quantifier I want to see before you're going and seeing a movie. Well, well at I mean, least he's Spawn. saying it. Yeah, I get yeah. it, but, like, <coughs> just... No. Heard... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, we've talked about that. A movie that's just brutal for three hours is not... Fun. It, it's no. Well, it's not supposed to be though, right? I, but it's the appeal is tough to to create, I guess. 
I mean, I don't see why they're making another Spawn movie when they had that very good HBO TV series. Is that the animated one? Yes. Yeah. Very good two seasons of good animation and bleakness. So as I as I started watching this, um, I was kind of surprised actually. I I'm gonna be honest. I like how this movie opens. It kind of it faked it me out. It just throws you in there. Yeah. Well, yeah. I it it had a good feel up through like the bar fight for me, and I was thinking to myself, man, maybe I just was way more harsh on this movie than I needed to be. Um, and then it shits the bed, and yep. not not only does it shit the bed, it rolls around in it. Ah, <laughs> uh, there we have Ben Affleck. Who you know what the um sometimes has contacts in sometimes doesn't yeah did they CGI his eyes no he's wearing wearing contact lenses and he's nearly blind because of them because he does um maybe some of those some of that effect was but yeah because his um his facial expressions and the way he's looking around oftentimes are very convincing yeah um yeah apparently he was wearing you know some like contacts that made him nearly blind just to kind of get that that effect yeah. it, it, you know 2003 the cgi isn't that great yet no. so but it, so that i mean i don't want to do this for the whole thing but it's it's really interesting to have watched the netflix series and the way that they handle matt murdoch being blind in that is by effectively just keeping glasses on him the entire time um, yeah where in this one they make a very clear choice to not do that yeah well, I, I, you haven't watched season three of that show yet, have uh, you? No. So there's a lot of Charlie Cox without glasses on in uh, right. season three. But okay. he's he's just so good at acting blind that you don't really focus on it um, that much. Yeah, and, and it's interesting. Um, I was thinking about this um, as far as Charlie Cox versus Ben Affleck. Charlie Cox, at least, his eyes are moving around a lot, and mm-hmm. they're not focusing on anything. And that, to me, and I, I quite honestly don't know any blind people, but... That seems a lot more believable than Ben Affleck's just stoic, just, yeah, his stationary just like pupils off into the, the whole time. Thing. And that's not necessarily a dig against him. I, I don't know what his direction was. Yeah. but So here we have young Matt Murdock taking his dad, Jack Murdock, to bed, who apparently drinks Heineken, which, thinking back to the early aughts, like, Heineken was a pretty popular beer. Like, I remember my parents starting having that in the, in the fridge a lot yeah. um, back in those days. I I like his dad's character in this. He's, yeah. He looks like a Josh well. Brolin stunt double. He's big. He's beefy. He's, he's what, a boxer. Yeah, he's what you yeah. expect him to be. You so, know, to, to the thing that you just said, Ryan, there's actually um, my uh, sister-in-laws are are very um, vision impaired. Okay. And but they have a specific kind that causes their eyes to shift around. Mm, um, okay. And there are other blindnesses that cause their more Ben Affleck style. In this. Right, so, right, right. No, and I think that, I think that's an interesting choice to pick between between one to show what your character's like in this, right? Mm. I mean, it, because he is he can see but not through his supernatural abilities, right? He yeah. Can see mm. super, so choosing to show how he is blind from a vision standpoint, I think speaks a lot to the kind of vision you're trying to create. You know, like this is We'll get in it later. Like he is, he this this version requires a lot more stuff going on around him. Like he's affected by other noises and everything. Uh-huh. Else. So I think that that's an interesting choice that they made in this. Oh, and he sees his dad beating yep. up some shaking down so, some guy in an alley. Yeah. yeah. So I watched the director's cut of this movie, which came out several years after this, because this movie had got a pretty bad rap. 
So there's a lot of extended dialogue scenes and stuff. So you find out it, in, in that scene where he's laying him down, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm working triple shifts down at the docks or whatever. So he goes to, like, see his dad at work, and the foreman's like, your dad hasn't worked here for months or whatever. And then, you know, and it's like, I, yeah, so there's there's a lot of just, there's a, there's a lot of differences. And here we have, you know, this this reminds me a lot of um, when Peter Parker gets bit by the spider. Yeah. Right in the uh, first Spider-Man with to- with uh, Tobey Maguire, yeah, Tobey Maguire, yeah, and like you mentioned earlier, a lot of the looks from the X-Men movies, like the opening credits and that have like all the zappy goons yeah, and yeah. stuff, right? Going through jeans yeah. and stuff. The, the obligatory microscopic view of you know bloods. Yeah. I, I, this is really cool. I, again. They they never really touch upon this in the TV show, no. Which I think is a real. There's like one episode where they where people with Matt's senses when he's fighting the first ninja. Yeah. But there's never, like, him being overwhelmed by his abilities, which I think I kind of would have liked more of. This is great. I, I really, really, really like this this whole scene where he's yeah. trying to get... He's in the hospital bed. He can't. He, he doesn't realize what's happening. Yeah, like, he can see, but he can't see. And, and so this is where they're showing his, his senses are all based around what he's able to hear right now. So mm-hmm. they're, they're, I mean, this is good foreshadowing as to what will affect him later on in the, in the movies too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this kid acts a scene out great. Yeah, he's frantic. He's he's panicking. Yeah, it's believable. Based off how red his cheeks are, I assume they put those like the gauze and the cotton balls over his eyes, and they're just slapping him in the face, and he's just reacting to it. He's like, <laughs> oh, I don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> also, fun game at home. Whenever you see a crucifix in this movie, take a drink. Hmm. Bing bong. So, speaking of drinks, uh, we are drinking Founders CBS, Canadian Breakfast Stout today. Oh, yeah. The 2018 uh, version. 2018 version, which means that there is no Mountie on the bottle because the RCMP was like, please stop using our trademark image on your uh, alcoholic <laughs> product. Hmm. And Founders okay. was like, okay. So, so Founders ties in with Daredevil. Uh, not the movie, the TV show, as in uh, season three, there's a scene where Matt Murdock, previously assumed to be dead, uh, shows up at Josie's bar to see Foggy. And as they pan over the bar, uh, there's a tap handle for All Day IPA, one of Founders' best-selling beers. Which, the fact that, you know, a little, quote-unquote little, now huge brewery in Michigan was on uh, a Netflix TV series. Um, not directly, but, you know, visually, yeah. where mm-hmm. they could have just had, you know, random generic bar tabs. was kind of cool. So we shouted out to them on uh, Twitter, and uh, they sent us a nice little care package in the mail. Yeah, uh, thanks. Some pine glasses and some hats and, uh, like, one of those metal... Nice metal sign. Metal yeah. sign. So thanks, Founders. Yeah, we appreciate that. that. You didn't need awesome. to do that, but that was very cool. Thank you so yeah. much. Yep. This is a this is a great scene here. It's a montage scene of um, Matt and his dad kind of coming back from... Bonding depth, over blindness. Right? Yeah. Yep. So the only thing in, in the scene that bothers me is that Ben Affleck's like hard-boiled narration he tries to do mm-hmm. sounds like Adam Sandler doing a Ben Affleck voice doing hard-boiled narration. <laughs> like it is terrible. It's yeah. not great. <laughs> so they always talk about you know um, Matt Murdock's like his hearing's really good and his smell's really good and his his sense of touch allows him to do flips and shit like that. They never talk about his sense of taste. Like, Matt Murdock could have become, like, 
the world's best like sommelier or like right, right. beer judge <laughs> or food critic based off of his enhanced senses. But, you know. So this is one of the first instances of the movie doing something too much. This is yeah. too much. Why does why is this four thousand feet long? This pipe here, make him do it for four feet. It's the same thing. Gets the so same point across because yeah. it, it it's a good lead into like the super ridiculous shit he does later. And hey, look, it's a Stan Lee cameo. Hey. Yeah. Hey Stan, we miss you. Yep, <laughs> we do miss you, Stan. So, Murdoch's bullies are back. Ah, uh, yes, we're gonna beat up the blind kid. <laughs> The subtle scars around his eyes as a kid right here are very... Are, yeah, yeah, and he's really still got them when he's older. Yeah, but the, yeah. I, they're a little... They're not as pronounced, they're not though. They're as pronounced, though, yeah. I think. So, I mean, that's that's just subtle movie. Like, I don't know. It's good. Good it's, detail. Yeah. Yep. So, I get he hears well and stuff, but who taught Murdoch Kung Fu all of a sudden? He's been teaching himself <laughs> he's, on the... Yeah. On the uh, flash kick, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's himself on the on the quick bag. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Imagine he would be a good fencer. <laughs> right. So, oh, well, that's Jack. the first scene you have of Matt Murdock being a little shit, because he really is when he's an adult. Right. Yeah. Here's hey, it's Hector Salamanca. Right. Ding 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 ding. So we're just learning that uh, the Murdoch Senior here, battling Jack, yeah, the devil, the devil Jack, in there. Uh, he hasn't been winning on his all of his own skill alone. That everyone's been falling for him. Were were those names too? Yes, those were all. They, there's oh, so devil. many like Marvel creator shoutouts in this. Okay, I was gonna say Miller, Mac, and Vendez. Yeah. those are all, you know, famous Daredevil writers. Frank Miller. Uh, Mac, I don't know, but I think uh, Bendis is supposed to be Bendis. I think the uh, Brian Michael Bendis, the uh, subtitle is wrong. Yeah. Frank Miller does make a cameo in this later. Oh, does he? Yep. In your version, maybe. No, he's the person uh, Bullseye later uh, killed, oh, killed okay. his bike. Ah. Yep. S- so, so uh, yep, Murdoch Sr. just got knocked to the mat, but he got back up. So how are you guys liking the CBS? Uh, it's very good. Um, I like this, like far la- to say it, last year's was decent, but I could yeah. have drank a lot of it. I we only we were is, only able to find like free samples of it. Yeah, yeah. I think this is fantastic. Yeah, this, this is a step or two above last year's. Yeah, it it feels like the sweetness has been brought under control a little bit to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that that could be effective them scaling up production because yep. I'll, t- I'll I'll tell you about this. So I right when this came out, mm, end of November I think it was. I found this at a Meyer. It was like one of the last bottles. Hmm. And then I went back like a month later, like t- right right around Christmas time, looking for last minute presents, doing some grocery shopping, and they had like, an entire like little section of like a four by five deep thing. And I was like, holy crap! Just kind of sitting there. And then um, I've seen reports of people finding 12-ounce bottles of it. It's like in, like, the Philippines and, you know, other other continents just around the world. Like, a Arizona having a whole little display of it. Really? You know, some liquor store and whatnot. So, it's become widely available. And I saw random bombers of CBS around the holidays as well. Or, excuse me, KBS, the Kentucky Breakfast Out, which is, this is a variant of. So, 
this beer has become like widely available now, mm, and I'm I think that's great. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. It deserves it. It's a, they're good. CBS and KBS are very good. To uh, to cut back to the movie here, we're watching um, Murdoch's father get beaten to death by some goons, and then a the first big goon of what might be more than something else. The right. car creaks up, and yep. a very large man gets out, punches him once, <laughs> right, and puts down a a rose. He gets killed on by one body. punch man. Yeah. And then Waluigi leaves a rose on his body. <laughs> so, um, oh God. Oh, I was going to talk about the, the beer real, real quick. Then. Okay. Yeah, so the um, for this specifically, the sweetness last year was, was what was overwhelming for me. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoy this, that it's that it's cut. Um, it is sweeter than KBS, which I like a whole lot. Um, and... Not, I don't like KBS a whole lot. I like this a whole lot. I actually am not a big KBS fan. Agreed. This is the right balance that I'd like that I like with a with a very strongly uh, aged um, stout. Yeah, I I do prefer this to uh, KBS as well. Same. It's unanimous. I I wanted to ask you guys something. So before. Murdoch Sr. just got murdered in the alley. Mm-hmm. If you know the mob is going to try to kill you right here, why do you exit into the alley? Is it so that you protect your son? Why did he do that? Um, it's a it's a less obvious exit of the building. As well, opposed if you go if you went out the front, you know, you assume there's people watching the front, so you you cut out the side. Yeah, but, but then people though. know that you're going to cut out the side. Oh, yeah. dramatic Mary again. Yeah. yeah, piercing blue eyes. A weird cut. Yeah, and then yep. a weird cut to that. Him being in his deprivation tank. This whole idea doesn't sit this well this looks me. like a batman returns shot it yeah. does this oh. is a this is a very interesting idea the fact that like he still has to like you know sleep in an isolation chamber yeah yeah but it just makes him like just so like secluded because like oh. in uh in, in the netflix one you know matt murdock has a very sparse but modern uh apartment and now he has in this, he is a much more isolated, like, kind of living Lair. space. <laughs> yeah. Some seether for you right now. Yeah. So. Uh, just, this is an interesting little concept. Yeah, this is if cool, you were blind, actually. How would you go around with money or, right. you know, how would you live your life? This movie hasn't lost me yet. I hate Affleck's haircut in this fucking movie. It's real it's, bad. It's 2003. Oh, it's so bad, though. Um. But the deprivation chamber, just quick physics interjection, seems like totally counterproductive, right? If you don't want to hear shit, you don't encase yourself in, in metal water. and water. Because the, t- the, like the, the Yeah, the <laughs> transmit sounds so much better than regular thin air. You put yourself in one of the uh, in one of those uh, wet chambers. Um, the ones that are so quiet that people oh, those hear the heartbeat. Acoustic oh, acoustic anechoic chambers? Yeah, yeah, the acoustic rooms. Yeah. The, the, what'd you say? The choic chambers? A- uh, the acoustic anechoic chamber. Anechoic. Thank you. Is yeah. that the one where they, they test uh, electronic components in? Uh, if they're testing electronic components, it's going to be an electromagnetically anechoic chamber. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anechoic just means without reflection. Oh, okay. Yeah. The uh, Somebody made one that is so quiet you can hear the blood. Yep. Yeah, it's supposed veins. to make you very uncomfortable, too. Yeah, yeah uh, most people can only... It, that's in my um, uh, Atlas Obscura thing, of, yeah. like places you can go and visit. Like, most people can only last, like, a, a couple of minutes in it because, like, it, like you start getting, like, auditory hallucinations yeah. after a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think the longest person someone's been there is, like, 15 minutes. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we've got a we've got a courtroom scene here where uh, Matt Murdock is grilling a witness. 
apparently in the world's cheapest courtroom. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, but but we're showing how Matt can tell whether or not someone is lying by kind of monitoring their vitals, you know, their blood yeah. flow and stuff. And here's our first appearance of one Jar- John Favreau. Yep. As Foggy Nelson. Yep. Who I don't. I don't mind this Foggy Nelson, actually. The only part no. that bothers me is how much older he clearly is than Ben, but... Yeah. But he, he plays it well. Yeah. They don't have the, the time to establish the character that well that they can, uh, uh, you know, that they were, you know, uh, classmates. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jose Quesada, uh, now to Joe Quesada, uh, editor at Marvel. Oh, no. This cut. So this cut, right, they zoom oh. in on his face. So, they apparently spent like seven or eight months trying to develop this costume, <coughs> which it looks fine. I actually do like it. Yeah, the um, costume, look, costume. I think it looks good. good. The, the costume's co- not bad. The leather's a little dark, but that might just be the the lighting. Uh, I, the one pro- the one thing I have against is they put like the DD like logo on him, which he's blind. Why would they put a DD logo on a blind man? Yeah. Here we have Daredevil being very yeah. Batman. Um. The the costume, I, I would say, Max, it's dark, not because of. Um, I think it's because of it's two thousand three. Yeah, that Flip. too. I mean, they, remember this is we we're talking about X Men, right? They they refuse to put the X Men in the yellow costumes. Right. Yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> so but again, here you see, like, I, it might just be me being used, or all of us being used to the, the Netflix series of Matt Murdock just being like a regular dude who can do some good acrobatics. But here right. we here we. Ha- Clearly have Ben Affleck's Daredevil like doing some crazy ass flips and shit. Right. Some yeah. insane acrobatics on the rooftops. Like some Spider Man level stuff. Yeah, and those drops are, are crazy. Like he yeah. feed liquid bones. Yes. Uh-huh. I hope you like to see what your shins look like. Because <laughs> here they are. Yep. Goomba. Is that a thing people say? No. There is no. No, honor in no one says Goomba. There is, there is no honor in hopping on Goombas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just a hundred points. <laughs> that is a deep cut. That's decades. the Rock's cousin. Oh, really? Yep. I could see that. That's funny. That is almost a two decades deep cut of PSN magazine. Um, <laughs> was that Shu and Shan? Is that what that was? Yeah, I think so. Good lord. This fight scene is actually choreographed really well. I liked this fight scene. This this is where I was starting to think. Maybe this was better than I thought it was. That was cool. Yeah. yeah th- there yeah, there is some cool fight choreography in this of him kicking stuff into the lights. The the thing that I would like in this a little more um is if the cuts were longer. Yes. And that's funny though because later fight scenes the cuts are even shorter than this. Yes. Yep. Cuz the the choreograph when they when they allow it to go for 3 or 4 or 5 seconds, yeah. it's really cool is cho- really cool choreography. Yeah. His all my my problem that with the cool. scene is the strobe light effect. It makes it a little hard to watch sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But then that, that might be, that might be combined with the the short the short cuts, right? Yeah. And I and I like the sound going in and out too. Actually, I I like this fight scene overall. Yep. Again, the so the the blue daredevil vision where he's hearing the sound waves yeah mm-hmm. around his echolocation when, yeah. he, when he becomes daredolphin yeah i daredolphin. i really like that effect in this movie yeah. actually um, i think it's pretty darn interesting there's some 
bad effects later like, on. Just, well, that was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But swirls some, under the ceiling fan. There's some bad Daredevil vision effects later, um, but when it's here, it's really cool. Right. I really like this. Um, the rain effects are the ones I'm, I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, that's later. what yeah. I assumed. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. Mm. Yeah, not fast enough. And that's that's cool. Like that was a really cool scene. Yep. And and again, and we we've talked about this outside the podcast in regards to BVS, uh, James. Uh, that Ben Affleck, he's got a good frame for a superhero. He's a big. Yeah, guy. he's just a big he's, dude. Ben Affleck is six four. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got wide shoulders. Like, yep. Bah, how do streets work? Look, another rat falling into the water too. <laughs> uh, that's cool. That was cool though. That's I, a good. That's I a, like that shot. But like so much of like that and just like the the crook running from him down this into the subway, it's so Batman. Hmm. Yeah, but I mean, he's a street level hero though. Yeah, right? I mean, and and I, I saw. I was, I was talking with a, with a friend of mine about you know the sh- Daredevil being canceled, and she was like, initially I didn't really ever care about Daredevil because he was just kind of like a junior Batman. Or yeah. poor, poor, yeah. Bat, poor Batman. There, yeah, there's a. I saw a cut from a, a comic, I, and I cannot tell you which comic it was, but it was a Mar- it was a Daredevil comic, um, where it's it, the image is like Daredevil swinging past someone's apartment window or something, and there's just a, a kid leaning out the window and being like, "Hey, mom, there goes Red Batman." Yeah. <laughs> yep. If that wasn't um, legitimate text from an actual comic, I apologize. no, that is, it pro- yeah, yeah, it probably was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and and we'll get to it shortly. Also, going back to his just so a train's going by and Matt is he can't deal with it. It's too loud. It's it's Matt's equivalent of looking into the sun, kind yep. of. Yep. I I wouldn't. The one problem I have is every fight. There's some sort of it's loud. Like every fight in this movie, there's some sort of sensory overload thing. Yeah, I mean, the only. I think the only way they they go to that is that otherwise he's shown to be pretty much like invincible, right? I mean, they don't give him he doesn't yeah. really get beat up until the last fight. No. That's a funny cut right there actually. The the slicing noise that then yeah. cuts to the guy just kind of like dusting. Yep. So yeah, this guy here, he does play Cyrus from the Ma- the first Matrix movie. Oh, yes. The guy That's, who rats yep. out everyone else. Yeah. I wanted him to be Stanley Tucci. <laughs> I would have wanted he also could have been Paul Giamatti. Yeah, yeah. actually. Yep. Also, what the fuck is up with this shitty character? I don't know how close this is to the comic. Ben Yurick. But this is ridiculous. Well, he's a he's like a tabloid journalist, so I haven't read enough Daredevil to... Or any Daredevil, really, come to think of it. Other than... No, I've, I've read one Daredevil storyline. I think it was wrote by uh, Bendis, where he fights someone named Echo, who is deaf. Like, Kingpin, like, coordinates, like, a deaf... Like Daredevil, uh, yeah, deaf oh, guy wow. versus the blind guy, and when they're not fighting, they're like romantically ent- entangled. Oh, oh boy! Yeah, here's the cheesy trailer movie. moment, trailer, the trailer yeah. shot. Yep. Yeah, that's a trailer shot in which the Daredevil becomes the crow. Yeah, <laughs> I actually I like had... all the cops just kind of like, oh, like yeah. looking around. Well, that's you, weird. So, yeah. do you, <laughs> so do you think? Do you think he cares around a little like squeeze bottle of gasoline, just being like? Or maybe he's such an alcoholic that he just sweats flammable liquids. Yeah, he just sweats just, whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Where's the trucker? 
I mean, he's not. He's not like. The, okay, this is cheesy, with the locks. I I think it. I still think it's cool though. For me, yeah. I I think that's that's still playing off his ability to hear and sense. It's taken it's still to the, cheesy, it's but taken I like to it. the extremes though. Oh, we we have such extremes to go to yet. Yeah. I do like that little touch. Yeah, yeah touch his dad's boxing gloves. Right. So to your point, Max, um, for the suit being as dark red as it is, it would have been an interesting touch for him to have had boxing or had a suit that were the exact color of his dad's boxing gloves. Yes. Maybe they should have made the whole thing computer animated. Uh, <laughs> that's a movie we've got to touch. Dear Ryan Reynolds, you want to be our guest for our Green Lantern episode of this podcast? <laughs> oh my gosh, we should actually just be like, "Hey, we Ryan, can Skype Reynolds. him in. Yeah, we'll Skype you in. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get some beer from Saskatchewan. Yeah, do it, man. Yeah, yeah. You're, you guys are Canadians. You could be bros. Yeah. Who the really fuck good. built all this stuff for Matt Murdock? I don't know. This is incredibly expensive. And where does a Immigrant lawyer... laborers. Yeah, oh. who, who we find out later, who's been working for fish and basketballs. Yeah. How does he <laughs> afford this? That's a good question. And who builds them all like, yeah. He has extra nunchucks. He's, yeah, extra. He He's got a nunchuck rack. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot that are missing from there, too. Yeah. All the scars. That's, that's a Batman very shot. That's very cool. Yeah, that's, that's a, a definite Batman shot. That's a cool shot, though. I, I really like that shot. Um, that reminds That's me. a Batman shot. I feel like they could have just taken this movie and just being like they CGI'd like the suit to black and just being like, imagine if he had little pointy ears. Yeah. Um, the pulling of the tooth is a weird thing, but yeah. So yeah. one of the, I like this 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 little shot of just all the different all the painkillers he's on and shit. The uh, the shot right there actually reminded me exactly of there's a um. I don't think you're supposed to do that with pills. It makes them work faster because your I mean, your stomach doesn't have to dissolve. Fine. I guess. Who's the? I can't think of his name. Why can't I think of his name? Tonight? The artist who does real to like real life paintings of superheroes. Alex Ross. Alex Ross. There's an Alex Ross painting of Batman called Scar. I think scars. Oh yeah, where he's like he's like looking in a mirror and he's you see the mirror, like, his back is flexed it, and you see all the scars. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly what that shot reminded uh, reminded me of. Yeah, I think it's from his story, uh, War on Crime. Okay. That looks really bad. Yeah, it does. Matt yep. looks like a smudged oil painting. Yeah, oh, th- this looks a little better, but it... so they could have the... focused more on the the matting or the 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 matting of the the confessional booth than mm. uh, yeah yeah. Oh, the screen. It. Yeah, that's what I meant. The screen. So part of that is this. Um, in this movie, uh, Ben Affleck is just a big guy because he's Ben Affleck and a big guy, but he does not have the the late night two thousands, two thousand tens superhero body in this movie. He's not cut, yeah. He is not cut like crazy. He is he's just, just a big, big guy. guy. Yeah. A big dude who's in shape. Yeah. In yep. believable shape. Yes. He is yeah. not, he is not Chris Hemsworth. Good yep. lord. Um and I don't Daredevil's never been kind of that guy. But I mean Comic-Con, He's a little more lithe because he's yeah. acrobatic. He's yeah. like a he's like a nightwing physique. Yeah. With with less good butt. Less good <laughs> this is true. He be he does over have a radioactive dick. Because whoever he has sex with, like, probably dies. I learned something today. Yeah, getting in a relationship with Matt Murdock or Daredevil was, like, the worst thing you could do. And holy crap, that suit he is wearing. God, I'm glad you are blind. Uh, 
They're both in terrible suits, actually. The early 2000s was not a good period for suits. No. Or clothing, I don't think. No. no that's fair. Or hair. Late 90s, early 1000s. Yeah, there are no Junko jeans in this. That's season. a great... That's hilarious. Bit of art, though. Yeah. And this, this for me, in just a moment here, is where this movie fucking just bites it. Falls right on its face and never gets up. Mm-hmm. When uh, when Jennifer Garner comes in, she's not in yet. But this is where uh, Affleck met Garner, who we later married. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> a good line. John Favreau. Is, yeah. John is an excellent smartass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, he may pay in fluke, but I'd rather have pay in like gefilte fish. Yeah, gefilte, gefilte fish. fish from or no no Russian or two Ludafisk. 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 So that in case of emergency, you can call the emergency loot fist hotline, which is as an actual w- thing in Minnesota. As one, do- of course it would. Be <laughs> Much of my extended family is from Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, Foggy plays the trick on him here, where he gives him mustard instead of honey mm-hmm. to put in his coffee. Yeah, or tea or whatever. They still have. I- they still have not identified him as Foggy. I don't know if they ever. They do. don't. They never use the they, term Foggy. They do in the in in a scene that's in the director's cut, which. Okay. Once we get into this next flow of scenes, and after you guys have experienced it again, I'll go over how it differs. Um, but you know, so stay tuned for that because it's a it's a discernible uh, narrative difference. Hmm. We have Jennifer Garner walking in to this random coffee shop, where looking like she's a woman from the early two thousands. The so, coffee swap is great. Yeah. So yep. Matt swaps it so that uh, Foggy's got the mustard in his drink. Yep. A lot of mustard. So this is where the movie becomes really juvenile. Well, yeah, because here we see yeah. asshole or smart-ass Mac Mur- Matt Murdock being like, aha, yes, I am blind. You will fall for me like I would if I did not have this cane. Hey. Yeah. That's, a, that's another trailer thing. Yeah. So ad- admittedly, that's a great pickup line. <laughs> Oh yeah, you can tell he's like rehearsed that and yeah, used that yeah. many times. That's, a, that's <laughs> yeah, clever, right? Good way to good way to avoid answering that All question. Right, so I, I jumped the gun. This isn't where the movie falls on its face. We'll get to the playground soon. Oh, it's still not. This, this is, is the beginning bad, of this. This is bad dialogue. It's pretty bad. Yeah, the jokes are funny, but everything in between does not. I agree. Yeah, hold up. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a motherfucker. Nice, uh, I didn't give your name to. Yep, this, this is where is, Matt gets creepy. Yeah, this is creepy. Don't do this, Matt. Yeah, yeah. You should bone me because I'm handicapped. That's <laughs> it's that's clever good, but creepy. Yeah. yeah. I it would feel less creepy if there was a different interaction between these two if at this they had point. Any kind of interaction up to this point. Also, why is she standing there? Just because she, she's creeping. Follow him. I guess. No, she's yeah. hiding from her tail. She's being tailed. Oh, that's right. Yep, you're right. Hmm. hmm. I don't like being followed, so I'm going to hang out at a playground with kids. Yeah. Also, don't, don't do that. Don't yeah. Don't grab people. This is a, like, in, in 2018, this is a hashtag me too. Right. And it should be. Yeah. yeah. This is bullshit. Matt's just a fucking asshole right now. He, yep. like, that right there, if she didn't actually know what she was doing... He just acted like he was going to hurl her to the ground. Yeah. Yep. In front of a bunch of witnesses. So this is where in the theater I was like, oh, this movie's real bad. 
<laughs> I just even that girl on the swing knows it. Yep. So they are in one of the many very small uh, concrete parks in New York, in front of a bunch of children and an, a mom in a stroller in the background, right. apparently disrobing so they can do kung fu against each other. Right. And now I, they're doing like Mortal Kombat intro scenes to yep. each other. I I blame the Matrix for this. It, yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. And then this looks so oh boy. These seesaws might as well say Acme on the side. This yeah, is ridiculous. Like giant, <laughs> a giant springs beneath them. Oh my god. This would be like a Neo Trinity meet cute. I mean, that's a funny joke. Yeah. You know, try asking for my number, but. And very 2000s children yelling, yeah. fight. Yep. It, now, c- contrast this already to the fight scene at, at the beginning of the movie. It, it looks fucking terrible. Every single shot. It's really slow. It's yeah, really it's, slow. It, it's, it's, the, the cuts are much longer. All the acrobatics on the fucking playground equipment are super forced. It's it, oh it's very God. forced and it's really slow. Like they are. It feels kind of crouching tiger, hidden dragony. Well, but they're very slow. But there's no there's no force behind them. Yeah, it looks like yeah. it. Honestly, it looks like play fighting. Yeah, it looks like they took a cut from the like. Okay, here's how we're going to do this. Yeah. And here we have the Michael late Clark Duncan, the late Michael Clark Duncan, as Wilson Fisk. I wish we had more of him in this movie. Yeah, he's. He, I like him as well. Absent for much yeah. of it, at least yeah. in this cut. So when I first saw this, I'm like, wow, they they made him an African-American guy, which, you know, interesting choice. I think it, it adds a lot to this role. Yeah. Um, you know, originally Wilson Fisk is a Caucasian character. However, when the character first came out in 67, he originally was going to be black. But because it was like during the civil rights they decided, they decided not to make him black because of like the negative press that would right. cause of being. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that tracks for Marvel at the time, right? Yep. They, right. Yeah. I mean, both Marvel and DC were, were oh, right, right, right. pretty progressive around those yeah. times as far as tackling those sort of things. Yeah, my, my intent was not to slight DC. No, 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 no. But um, Michael Clark Duncan, I think, uh, when he was first cast in this role, he weighed 290. They asked him to gain 40 pounds. Wow. He's fucking huge. He's a big guy. Yeah. And uh, so he's probably best known for The Green Mile, right? Yeah. Which is actually a movie I have not seen. Um, one thing about this scene that takes away from it for me, the backdrop is so obviously fake and terrible. The the yeah, oh gosh that's, yeah that's inten- that's intentional though, right? I I, I, I don't know. I don't window Ryan. I don't think it is. No, I, that's supposed I to took be it a to window. be art. No, that's supposed to be because you saw he was on the he was on the top floor of that building. Yeah, I I don't know. I I respectfully disagree. I that think man that man is holding many art. pizzas. Sorry. A lot of pizzas. I just... Hi, I wear all camouflage all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Again, early 2000s. <laughs> yeah. Look at all those pizzas. Yeah, like, I'm jealous of that guy. Oh, dog. Pizza, though. So many pizzas. So we're hearing that Electra has studied... So so these are... Like, they're having normal human conversation, and then Electra says, my father had me study with a different sensei every year. Like, that's a really weird fucking thing to just say all of a sudden. I mean, I know you just fought a blind guy in a park with karate, but still. Which, apparently, they walked down the street before she asked him the question of, how did you do that? Yeah, I don't know. <sighs> yeah. 
Michael Clark Duncan is just such a a presence. Yeah, absolutely. Just vocally, physically. Yeah. yeah. He's the biggest guy on screen all the time. Yep. Oh no! This is just it's fucking terrible. It's so bad. So we, we we a shot opens on a dartboard with several bullseyes being thrown. Camera pans away. Well, not really a pan. Pulls out. Yeah, pulls out. There we go. Thank you, Max. To a very, very, very Irish, Irish Colin Farrell. This he is the first time him. he actually got to use his actual voice. Oh yeah. Yeah, his actual uh, excuse me, actual accent. So. I I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this by saying that Colin Farrell is an extremely good actor. Yes. I think he's very good. But whatever the fuck he's doing in this movie, whether it's his decision or someone else's, is the worst all the time. <laughs> his weird, you know, I'm a villain cape swoosh that he does like seventeen hundred times in this movie is stupid. Yeah. The his facial expressions are never convincing. He's a, he's a, yeah, the, the, yeah, the bullseye Scar scarring is a little, uh, it's a little too on the head. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he does a good, like, I'm a psychopath killer, but, yeah. um, so yeah. yeah. Bullseye is slowly pulling some paper well, right now, a paper clip out of his pocket, straightening it. And waiting for it. Some guy who owes him money for losing darts. Oh, Whoop. Just threw the fucking paperclip into the dude's throat. And now he's got like 1,400 paperclips, and he's just pincushioning this dude's turkey neck. Yep. yep. His Mitch McConnell neck. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Some turtle meat. Yep. yep. But I'm assuming uh, that was him destroying that guy's vocal cords. That's what I took that to oh. mean, not actually killing him. Huh. Uh, Interesting. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he could have survived that. <laughs> She sounds like a Mexican appetizer. It's just, <laughs> there's some jokes in this that wouldn't fly nowadays. That's one of them, but right. it is very funny. Right. Yeah. <sighs> That's supposed to be a funny running joke, but it... As, as your attorney, I blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. It works. It, a uh, few times. A few times. Yeah. yeah. This is funny, and then it gets dark. Yeah. yeah this hell? is. Yeah. It, it, this I mean, is she a, is an old racist lady, so maybe this is for the best. But. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. It's just... I have to love that like she's talking so loud that he can hear her over his metal uh, headphones. And it's just... The, the movie cannot figure out, or I guess what's more likely does not care, about any sort of tonal consistency in scenes like this. His, like, his frantic eyes here are just... Like... This scene, if if different tones had been established prior to this, this is actually kind of funny. That, well, this right here, him staring her down while it happens, is yeah, like, and like getting some like yeah. pleasure out of it, yeah, yeah. yep. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is kind of funny. More peanuts. <laughs> I, I don't know. The back to blue filter. Yep. With blue and blue and blue really and blue. That's 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 sped up film right there, right? Because it yeah. looks really bad. Wow! They punched the frosting out of his hair. <laughs> <laughs> he got it on loan from the guy playing Wesley. <laughs> Quit beating up in sync members. Yeah, right. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah. Backstreet smack. Oh. 
<laughs> You're welcome, Internet. That's a pretty cool shadow effect. Yeah. yeah. Again, could have been a Batman thing. You're just like, imagine if his ears were just a little bit longer. Right. <laughs> this goon looks familiar. Yeah. As he's running through the street. I can't yeah. place him. In the rain, which we'll soon learn is very important for Daredevil. Rain is good. Rain is good. I'm mm. ungooning. I've taken my, I've taken yeah. my hat off. <laughs> taken off my goon, my goon uniform. Yeah. <laughs> His gooniform? Gooniform. Thank you, Ryan. You're welcome. Hey, look, it's a dog <laughs> from Resident Evil. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus, fuck. <laughs> or a giant bird. <laughs> or, uh, no, a bunch of birds. Yeah. <laughs> See, right there, he looks familiar. He yeah. looks a little bit like one of the goons from Spider-Man 1. That's likely. Eh, I don't know. Goons often get goon rolls. This is true. But that's not their fault. That's casting yeah, directors. Is, is that because they, they, they go out and get talent from the goonion? Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is an impactful scene for Matt. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. this is just terribly bad acting from this kid. I mean, he's a kid, so I'm not going to pick on him, but... It's just bad acting. No, he's got, you know, one little thing, like, be scared. Yeah. Yeah. When the red leather daddy is around <laughs> you. Yikes. Yeah. Do you think he just said that for the rest of the night? I'm yeah. The bad guy. Maybe. I'm not the bad guy. He's got Christian guilt. <laughs> it's a weird cut. Yeah. Weird fade. I don't know. Oh, ah, God. Ah, ah, my pupils were not ready for this. Mm-hmm. So we're back to Matt walking through the city in the daytime. Boop, boop, boop. And this is Karen? Yes, that is Karen Page. Yep. Who's in the movie for about 10 seconds. Yep. So that is Meredith from Grey's Anatomy, by the way. Huh. Hmm. I don't watch that show, so I don't get the reference. Yep. I, I, I like that Karen's like, but I wanted to be the plus one. Yeah. Yep. All of the stuff. In yeah, the, the ship. It's pretty so funny. Funny. All the things that they've been paid with. Multiple soccer balls. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what though? They have a bunch of Johnny Walker red label. If hey. they aren't, if they aren't selling that, hawking that stuff on a New York street because they don't, they can't make rent. They're not trying hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well said. That's pretty cool. How much do you think those Braille printers cost? I don't know. Self-deprecation by Favreau here. Yep. Yep. As a plus one. (laughs) All right. So I'll talk about the major subplot that was cut out from the movie now. So there's a subplot where um, uh, there's a a person or when he's going to bed after the the fight where we saw him climb into the chamber, uh, he hears like a woman like screaming like, help, 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 help. And then like she dies. Um, He later finds out there's someone who was accused of killing her. Who was, uh, you know, was super, super high. Woke up. They found the murder weapon in his hand or whatnot. Played by Coolio, and huh. he goes in to talk to him, and he's like, "Did you do it?" And he says, "No, I didn't." And he's like, "You know, he listened to his heart." And he's like, "Okay, yeah, I believe you. I'll represent you." Da 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 da. And throughout the movie, of like half an hour of scenes, pretty much, it's they find out that he was actually innocent. He was set up, and da 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 da. And you actually see Matt Murdock being a lawyer, so you see you see both sides of the character. Not just the vigilante of Daredevil punching people to, right? You know, 
justice, whatnot. And, and so. murdering folks on train tracks. Exactly, yeah. So you actually get to see the duality of the character and mm. a better representation of what the character is, not just the Batman side. Do we really believe that Foggy doesn't know that Matt's a little different? He's just got a swish. I don't know. Yes. So here's one of those jokes that we were talking about, because um, this is a transgender joke right here. Hmm. Yeah. And right here. There you go. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> what? Did you guys see that video of the um, the guy wearing, like, the knee-high boots, like, 2019's right around the corner. If any guy's gonna come at me, they're gonna catch this. And he like does like a like a Jedi flip, wearing like knee high no. like red high heeled boots. Sounds oh, great though. That. Yeah, it's 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 pretty spectacular. Huh? He's doing like some Darth Maul like backflips and stuff. It's, it's I'll show it to you guys after this. Hmm. So you have known Matt Murdock for approximately 42 minutes, and you're following him to a rooftop. He's blind. What's he gonna do? Yeah, but he also <laughs> he also was Kung Fu fighter. I know, I'm joking. I know, but still, he creepulated his way around. Yeah, he creepy kung fu you. <laughs> Creep fu, blind fu. What what is this? Yeah, yeah, Matt's like, what is this? And I'm like, it's sexual harassment, Matt. You're yeah. the lawyer. <laughs> How do you know it's beautiful? <laughs> he squeezed it. It's got indentations and stuff on it. Yeah. Plus. He can just say it. He's trying, yeah, to, good, he's trying he's to get points. Good, he has good spatial visualization skills. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a little bit too excited when you asked what happened there, yeah. Matty. Yeah. And th- so now this movie drags for a very long time. This is the point that the movie admits to you finally that it doesn't have a plot. Yes. Right. That it's just around. Yeah. Daredevil. Daredevil is ancillary to everything that's going on in this. <laughs> he just happens to be around when things are happening. <clears throat> so here's where yeah. he, he fills the cracks in. Release the Krakens. Yeah. Hmm. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. I, I I like this idea. I think it's a cool idea with the with the world that they've built with how he's he's able to see, right? Yeah, that like rain, echolocation and that, stuff. That rain gives He'll become overview. a Batman. But I don't need him to explain it to me. Yeah. Fist bump for Max. <laughs> I'd rather have had him say, hey, it's going to rain, and then them have show, like, from his view, what, like, kind of the little bits of pieces. Yeah, like him slowly her. being able to, like, make out shapes and, and the, stuff and like and that. And the rain comes down, and all of a sudden you can see all of her at the same time. Like, that would have been a really cool... Like, they Excuse me. They kind of do it here, but if they would have just... This looks if terrible, they... by the way. But yeah. uh, I don't think so. Yeah. It's pretty bad. It's pretty it looks bad. dated, but it doesn't look terrible. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it, reason, I can see what they're trying to do. The reason why it looks terrible to me, Max, is that... The other actions, or the other stuff that they've done with sound looks has, different. It looks different. It yeah, looks it looks. It, it's different. pulsing. Yeah, it's sound pulsing. If it would have been sound coming off of her and been a, been that kind of shape, there's we've lost the pulses that don't make that just look like she's Cortana. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Fair. 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 <laughs> this seems like they're moving awfully quick. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Pope's got a bobtail. What is that? What does These that mean? seem like real kisses. They might have been into each other at this point already. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Matt is hearing some violence, some crime happening. 
crimes are happening. Oh, they mentioned Kingpin too. Yeah. Yep. Ooh. His daredevil sense is tingling. <laughs> hmm. No, you don't. <laughs> no, blind man, stay up here with me. <laughs> so this is this is peak Jennifer Garner, right? Like this is Alias going on right now for her. Yeah, I think that show. Yeah. I've never yeah. seen that show, but I'm aware of its existence. Yeah, and that was like, I mean, she was, back in the early 2000s, it was like must-see, like weekly watch TV kind of yep. deal. Yeah. Nice cut to that statue of right. something fondling someone. Yeah, instead yeah. of the super awkward and superfluous sex scene. Yeah. Yep. Just don't need it. Mm-mm. And it, it's just, it, it is itself, itself awkward, and it's shot awkwardly. We don't need it. All right, so here's where I'll interject on how these scenes were all rearranged because we've gotten to the point where the ending is the same. So in the theatrical version, which we're watching now, we have the street fight where the guy's like, I'm not the bad guy. The office scene with the invitation to the ball. The romantic scene in the roof, which we just finished. This lovemaking scene, and then the ball, which we'll come up to in a, in a couple minutes here. In the director's cut, we have the romantic scene in the roof, which after he says you know, don't go, he leaves, then goes to the street fight with the I'm not the bad guy, then the scene in a church, I think where he's confessing or something like that, then the office scene with the invitation, and then the ball. There is never the love scene. There's mm-hmm. no there's no him getting the invitation twice here. Huh. So you, you see him leave Electra to go fight crime, and then they don't interact again until the ball. Hmm. There's no, like, th- their, their relationship is less established and more, like, kind of in the wind. Kind of more um, Batman and Catwoman from Batman Returns, where they're kind of getting to get on, but then they, like, they both have to go someplace, and they never really consummate it. They have to go place. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, and this, the, this theatrical cut feels a little bit like weird adolescent like fantasy fulfillment it's like hey you talked to a girl twice and it rained once so why don't you guys bone now I yeah don't know, it just feels yeah. really stupid yeah no i agree with you Ryan. yeah so they so they talk once he gets the invitation and he doesn't see her until this scene right here so i think it's a little more who drinks beer like that? Hmm? yeah no one drinks beer oh, like that. holding like the neck like that yeah <sighs> gotta show the label <laughs> yeah Way to go, you fucking drunk Ben Eric. <laughs> Knocking Matt's staff out of his staff. Took the wrong pill, didn't Game. you? <laughs> so that was that's a cool, subtle thing that, that Eric does right there. Just notices Yes, the, he notices the handle. That he knocks the, out of his hand. I think he knocks out of his hand on purpose. I don't think so. <laughs> so Ben Affleck is six four. And Michael Clark Duncan was, I don't have his exact height off my head, but they put him on lifters because just to make him seem that much bigger than Ben Affleck. Milan Lourish, (laughs) Mills Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. He's the blind one, I'm deaf. So, we're getting some. uh, some honor for Matt here. Yep. So Fisk is offering up potential work, and Matt's like, nah, bro. I would have loved to see more from him 
as far as like you were saying like in this movie or in a following film because mm-hmm. they really throw like every core daredevil thing into this movie except for ninjas yeah <laughs> the the thing that i like with with duncan's character is that he's able to go between very charismatic and to just and threatening very threatening very quickly yeah mm, yep one of the scenes uh they cut from this movie is right before he meets um nachios from that initial meeting He's like, oh, somebody talked, and he's like, or you know, and he like he kills one of his bodyguards like out of rage. Oh wow! Just like punches him in like in the throat or something like that. Or, oh jeez. Yeah, there's a, no. a lot of like that brutality that yeah. you see in the Netflix show. There was no immediately available car door to smash one's head in. Yeah. The uh, that's a little weird. I don't know. Like the sound is that is up. that smellovision? I think it's yeah. It, it actually it might be Ryan. I yeah. took it as the. Like the sound the, coming off of like the sizzling, the sizzling and the moving of the atmosphere. But why from the cigar? The cigar is the question. Yeah, it's the the the, the, the scent. Yeah, it must be yeah. smell of vision. That has to be it. This is smell of vision. It's a it's I'm a settling. combination of the two. I'm settling on smell. If the magic school, but like that's what you wanted from the rain scene where he yeah. sees her face partially and then it dissolves away. Yeah. Um. Okay, weirdo. Yeah, as my wife put out on this one. Uh, when she first saw Jennifer Gardner, when we were watching it, she was she said someone, in, a, one person was obviously in charge of her boobs. Right, right. Of this dress is ridiculous. Right. <laughs> it it was, is a ball. So yes. So I notice uh, Favreau's hand on the statue he's running is just a giant breast on a <laughs> eagle on the stairwell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the weird Griffin-y thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. That's that's an endearing joke that he just made. You know, yeah. you look beautiful tonight. Yeah. There you go. Like you were talking about, Ryan, the scars are a little faded. Now, yeah, yeah. But they're still clearly there. Yeah. I wonder if Jennifer Garner has to be in some pretty hefty heels right now to be even close to eye level with with Ben. Oh yeah. She yeah I mean, could be. She's only, Maybe she's only uh, tall? a couple inches hmm. shorter than him right now. I always, you guys, oh, go I, ahead. I always confuse Jennifer Gardner and Hillary Swank because they're both I like could very see that. athletic. Um, yeah, kind of taller like ladies. Taller, strong women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they've both got the dimples. Yeah. Yep. She actually, Jennifer Gardner's actually wearing uh, green contacts. Or yeah, they're or very green. Yeah, they're super green. They, like, they're unnaturally green? No, they're... I think they're unnaturally green, but they're not too... That's Frank un- Miller. That was him? Uh, okay, that's yep. funny. The The reason why I say they're unnatural is because they don't have, like, there's no subtle... I, don't, I never noticed subtle variations in the pupil. It's just like It's green. just green. It's mm. just a single flat green around her yep. eyes. That must be like a tariff. Like, can you imagine the size of that hand coming down near your shoulder? Lord. Again, here he's being endearing, and then he's going to terrifying. Terrify. Yeah. Yeah. I just like, oh, dude. He's so menacing. He's so good in this role. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not a good sign. Nope, buddy. With the nope. flower in the pocket. Yeah. Yep. It's it's uh yeah it's it's something you you will only notice. As an audience member who who has seen the the flower throughout the film, right? Yeah, but uh, that's um, Eric Avari. That's the actor who plays um, 
Nicholas Nachios. He's actually uh, Indian. He's a great actor. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, for he's sure. One of those guys who you see him everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, viewers might probably viewers probably will notice him <laughs> or recognize him from the first Mummy film. Yep, when he's the guy wearing the fez. Oh yes. right, yeah, right, right, right. Stephen Summers movie. Mm-hmm. Lots of rappelling and uh, <laughs> dramatic acoustic guitar. Uh, Blue filter. <sighs> yes. <laughs> All I wanted in this scene was to see Sly Stallone come zipping by in an F1 car. <laughs> <laughs> this this is apparently he ridiculous. didn't know how to ride a motorcycle for this. It's a good stunt though. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of those things though that like his whole thing is like I can hit anything with anything, yeah. right? Like, He's a bit of a diva. Yeah. It Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Um, I have belt blades. Yeah. But it seems weird for him to suddenly have, like, this, like, supernatural balancing ability. Yeah. yeah. Like, I would have much rather have seen him take some kind of ridiculous shot to yeah. take these guys. Yeah, like from, the, like, from the roof or something like that. Yeah. So Bullseye was just standing on his motorcycle and whipped a bunch of ninja stars out of his belt buckle. Yep, sure I can. And assassinated... Electra's dad and well not yet but nope. the limo driver in their car. Yep. Here's your diva part right yeah. here. Like, yeah. He wants to kill Daredevil because he made him miss. Right. And like in this scene, we don't know that part yet, but in this scene, him being mad that he missed makes sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. But the, the an entire vendetta based around him missing is too much even for this movie, I think. Yeah. This does Flash not kick. look great. Nope. That is the Matrix right there. Matrix effects. Everyone's a little too long and yeah. a little too smooth. Right. Yep. Um, this is a good pull from Bullseye, though. Yes. He stole Matt's baton. Uh, and then they do one of their um, sound issues, like you talked about, Max, where mm-hmm. he gets messed up. Boo, splody goo. And lots of batons. Ah. Billy Club used double team. <laughs> oh, that was a bad CG. Yeah. Most of this is bad CG. So, the one thing... Cape on, flap! Cape you know, on this, Bleh, my vampire. To me on that <laughs> is that, again, his power is he can hit anything with anything, right? Like yeah, that's like his... Pre, he, like, he has the ability to just be the perfect shot. Yeah. He just threw a baton through someone's sternum from, like, a hundred yards away. Right. That's his, that's his thing. No, but the amount of... Force necessary to throw up a baton yeah. through something. Well, I mean, I mean, look at you're seeing Daredevil who just like climbed up the side of a building and then has been diving off a building. So everyone's a everyone's abilities enhanced. are taken to their their next their, level. their next level of being yeah. like, hey, yeah, okay. you know, this is still 2003, so we don't have the good superhero movies yet. We've got a couple of them, yeah. but I know I'm the arguing, good good ones. I'm arguing physics in a movie, yeah, a Daredevil movie, but like that. That's the one thing with with his character that really took me out of a lot of stuff. Like he's right. like he's too good. Like no, but like not that he's too good, but it doesn't make sense with what his ability is supposed to be. Any sense? Like if he would have thrown it or like punched it open a little bit so that there was at least pointy on the end, or he, like hit him in the side of the head or something yeah, like yeah. that. Like that like like he. But threw to puncture a, his chest, yeah, right? He threw a flat circular circle, <laughs> basically through someone's chest, yeah, yeah. and into their heart. Presumably. That's <laughs> 
and the, and it goes in like ah shucks yeah like it goes in all the way yeah that angry Batman angry <laughs> yeah so we knocked you can all tell this... this is two different shots because on one of those t- takes he had there's one remaining on the hooks and now there isn't oh, any. Yeah. And this is where he remembers he doesn't have an Alfred to clean up after him. <laughs> <laughs> he has to go around, like, banging on stuff just to see where things in the yeah. room are. <laughs> oh, God. That beer is so good. Yeah. Yes, it and is. I gone. am upset there is no more. But Bye-bye beer. I still yeah. have some. <laughs> <laughs> well, fine. Me and Ryan will drink something else. That's right. And it'll be way better than yours. Yeah. He looks nah. like he's on an old TV. He, yeah. Like, really old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I like the that the, the graves are the are the family members. Yeah, the yeah. the, the nachos versus. Yep. So, yeah, we we rag a ton on this movie's soundtrack, um, and this is actually the first instance of Evanescence in this movie, but uh, not the not one this movie's known for. Right. No. Uh, but I actually very much like this song. This is a good song. Just throwing this, it out there. the piano part's fine. This song is not bad for the sequence that's going right. on right here. And uh, I actually over the summer. Uh, went and saw Evanescence live with Lindsey Sterling, which was a great show. Oh. Um, so seeing seeing uh, Amy Lee do this live was pretty cool. She is a very capable uh, artist. Oh no, yeah, she has a great voice. But a few times in this movie, it's just like a weird music video, though, because of how the end product ends up being. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, later on, um, there's definitely. That, that portion of it, which I, I believe uh, for the Evanescence music video for um, Wake Me, Me Up Inside, it, it did use scenes from Oh, this Bring movie. Me to Life is the name Bring of Bring Me to Life, yeah. yeah. That's what it was. With with some guy who sings some of the parts from a band called Twelve Stones that still no one knows who they are. <laughs> oh, he wasn't, he wasn't part of Evanescence? No. No, he's from a different band called Twelve Stones. I got very into that song originally. Yeah. <laughs> It's like rain so this is, on your funeral day. This is a cool effect. I actually really like the the connotations. That still looks terrible. But when she puts the umbrella up, so she disappears. So she can't. Yeah, view, you can't see her. That's such a. That's that's a nice effect. It's yeah. such a, it looks cool, but it still doesn't really make sense with his powers. Like I don't know why. No, no, that no, no, would, no, 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 no. It doesn't make sense for his powers, but, but it's it, cool it, it, from a good. Um, yeah. It's a good thematic, story. thematic yeah. element. I agree. It, it works perfectly. Though. He's just like, yeah. I don't want you to see me. Right. Yep. Like, like, like Dracula and uh, Brandon Dracula's like, no, don't see me. <laughs> it, so, to speak on the music on this, is the music in this movie, the background music, louder than in other movies during dialogue sequences? It, it's it's weird. So at least in this scene, the the music for most of it is pretty loud. When yeah. there isn't dialogue, and then dialogue happens, and they they pull the music back a bit, but they don't always like just Good now suit. in the in yeah. the limo, like the music was still a little too loud when she started talking. Yeah, it's it feels I don't know if sloppy is the right word, but it feels kind of sloppy. Yeah, Michael Clark Duncan wins the award for best suits in this movie. Yeah, he wins the award for best lots of stuff, kind of acting presence. I'll drop you like a three year old uh, corpse's testicle. That's right. What that... did, did you go back and pause it too? No, I I oh, looked it up okay. on IMDb. This is Kevin Smith, so by the way. That's yeah, Kevin Smith Kevin as Jack Kirby, the coroner. <laughs> yep. Man, seeing Kevin Smith pre-weight loss is something. It, his and hair was the most like I had to do a double take of being like, is that is that really him? And he got yeah, and he got bigger than this too. He, yes, he did. He got this very is very big. Yeah, and, and now he's he very small. Very small. He looks 
fantastic. Yeah. Most yep. recently, we saw him from the the Mandy thing, like the the stuff with Nick Cage. And, oh, right? yeah, he's he's, 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 he's he's even smaller. He's than even that. smaller than that. Now. Yeah, man. This must have been knowing who Kevin Smith is. This must have been a thrill for him oh, to get to yeah, do this man. character. Yeah, he must have just been over. In a ride. He's he not was, even credited in the movie. Yeah, I'm sure he was just walking on air the whole yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, because he, you know, he's writing for DC and maybe Marvel at this point, mostly on Green Arrow. I think he also did a uh, Daredevil Whoa, thing. Whoa, someone Dare, almost Dare, lost Dare, Dare, Daredevil run, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 it's fun. I like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. That's a good little thing. Hey, look, this is not a blue filter. Yeah, this it's is, just, no, it's just city. city. So did anybody look up whether or not they just put Fisk Industries on the side of a building that exists or did they make a building? Didn't look. All right, so I That's a bad dummy. Yeah. I have to retract my earlier defense of the background because now there's fucking rain on those windows. See, look outside. Yeah. yeah. All right, no, that's just fucking terrible. <laughs> well, while James finishes his uh, CBS, Ryan and I have moved on to Lost River from Ooh. Bellwoods, something I brought back oh, look, several months ago from <laughs> from Toronto that we just had have had sitting in the fridge since then. Oh, look, he, look, okay, so he put that pencil that is a sharpened thing into an olive. Less deep into an olive than he put that baton into some man's chest. Well, I mean. It's all about style. It it makes more of a statement if it stays in the olive versus going through, I think. The pit stopped it. It's a very strong pit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that, 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 that quiet, like. Quit ruining my fun. That That was. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, this is one of the, yeah, get me a bloody costume. Oh, yeah, you can see it in his lips. So, Max, you were mentioning he says. That's a good ADR because in the director's cut, it's I want a fucking costume, which he never actually gets. (laughs) No, he doesn't. But Bullseye's costume is not uh, that impressive. It's like a black and white jumpsuit with a bullseye on his head. So that's mm-hmm. literally all it is. So they just gave him an act, an actual costume. Yeah, I mean, if you're a hitman, right, you should try to be as indescript as possible. Yeah. Not, hey, big it's black the, leather, it's big the, black leather jacket. Yeah, but I mean, even that, like, he's at least like, oh, it was a, it was a, like, a average height white guy in black, right? Yeah. Not. Hey, it was the white guy with a bullseye scarred tattooed on his head. Yeah, scar on his head. Yeah. So now we, we have go. the music video, music scene video mode that yeah. launches Evanescence into just into memedom, national wealth. Yeah, national renown and memedom eventually. I, I find it rather odd that like the the wake me up inside meme was just like a year or two ago. Like it took that long, and it wasn't like a, a recent. You know, like an earlier thing. Well, part of that is because the the song, you know, largely has just been around so long and has been played so much uh, relative to other stuff this band has made. Her getting ready scene right here is so much cooler than Daredevil's getting ready scene. Agreed. Yeah, Daredevil's getting ready scene is just a uh, rehash of the earlier suiting up scene, but also more Joel Schumacher-y. Yeah, and even when he's, like, doing his little... <laughs> I don't know why she has to kill Wilson right here, yeah. but... Yeah. Wilson! <laughs> that, 
That art is hilariously yeah. bad. Like, so the, she's got okay. So you had a bunch of sandbags that she yeah. sliced and kicked, yeah, and whirling around and whooping some ass. Yeah, and then the last one that comes down has quite literally a Wilson from Castaway style Daredevil face. Yeah, it's Cape <laughs> Flap, Cape Cape Flap. Oh, so I I, I don't like, <laughs> Yeah, right. There are a, a few of those weirdly inserted into this movie. Yep. Case in point, right here. Um, I, I, maybe I'll save the music talk for the end, but I, I do want to say a thing about Evanescence at the end. So I'll. I'll All wait. right. Well, we can. Hey, that. real rats. I oh, think. Oh, 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 and not real Ben. No, no. And here's the thing, that look only looks bad because it's not animated well. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. The lighting actually on it is it's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. 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 I mean, it is dark, so there's it's almost the, it's, no light. It's but it, it's it's deep into the. Uh, yeah, it's scene. it is intelligent use of CGI. Right. Yeah, agreed. Dutch angle. Yeah. Apply levity in your movie. Hey, rat. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's that face. He was he was chewing the scenery. It's it, it's too much for me. It's it's unconvincing. Yeah. It's someone who who's doing an impression of a crazy person and doing it poorly. Yeah. Because he's not. Everything they show with from him is like over the top in comparison with everyone else. Yeah, his his character doesn't fit in like the in really in the yeah, hard boiled world they've created. Yeah, he, he's right? he's no. doing like sixties Batman, and everyone else is doing you know early odds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bird, Bird Dabak. She hates laundry. Yeah. Same. Just slicing all of the. So Electra and Daredevil are rooftop fighting. Amongst the laundry. Amongst the laundry. <laughs> well, this is where it turns into a shaggy music video. I keep saying it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't me. Oh, God damn it. I've been trying to forget <laughs> that song for the last, like, 17 years. And you got to bring that shit hey, back up. Hey, be mad at James, Max. It wasn't me. <laughs> break this bottle. <laughs> <laughs> that clearly not Jennifer Garner in that shot, by the way. Yeah. Yep. With the... Them. Tight leather weird, pants. Like whooshing noises her size make is a strange choice to me. Yep. So fun fact. So Daredevil is known for fighting the hand. You know, the immortal ninjas ninjas. ninjas. And the teenage mutant, teenage mutant ninja turtles are known for fighting the foot, <laughs> which is a parody of the hand. Oh, that's uh, funny. And here she stabs him through the shoulder. Right. I'm assuming it's supposed to be in like some kind of major artery. He's I think it just fucking hurts a lot. Really Probably out. disables your arm because it's gonna mess with your your ligaments and your muscles that may help your arm move. Yeah. Ryan, you've had shoulder injuries. Oop, that's a no no. We don't like that. Yeah. Pulling the mask off. <laughs> that's my face. <laughs> that's my face. Uh, yeah, I, 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 he's I got here. <laughs> I did have a shoulder surgery. It was not pleasant. Was there a question in there? I was. Talking a little bit about like the, the the movement of the arm in relation to the muscles on that part of the body. Yeah, mine was um, ligament damage, um, so I could still move it my arm around. Um, so it it just hurt a lot. I could move it. <laughs> oh, okay, I did not know the specifics it's, of it. Yeah, it seems like that wound that she just gave to Daredevil would probably immobilize the arm, like you said. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know. Thing I'm not a doctologist. With this, is that. So to your point, Ryan, she's known Matt Murdock for... Maybe two hours. Maybe two hours. <laughs> the only thing that she knows is, is that 
He's blind. No, no, no. And he fights well on seesaws? Yes. From a, from a who killed my dad perspective, right? All she knows is that it was the Daredevil thing, and Daredevil was around, and she shot at him. So she disables Daredevil, then pulls his mask off, and she's like, oh, wait, it's the guy that I knew for two hours. Yeah, and why doesn't she still you? think it's him? Yeah. <laughs> I guess I boned you so you can't be evil. <laughs> I don't... This That's, is fun. Yeah. That was a cool catch from Bullseye as he whips the sigh mm-hmm. back at Elektra. And we get a slow reveal here. Through that the hand. Hurt. Yeah. And then they also... Yeah. I do like the, the, the touch of the bullseye and the, like, the, the salute kind of thing he does. Yeah. This comes back later. The same injury comes back later. Oof. It, it does. <laughs> Vampire <Hey>. bullseye. <laughs> that was real bad, you guys. Yeah, it's so... I mean, I don't need him to be like, like, you know, without any emotion, featureless killer. But he's silly. But why is he jumping if around you want like that, a fucking? Go watch uh, season three of Dare- yeah. season three of Daredevil, where they do have a like. I don't want to say he's an emotionless killer, but he is a terrifying psychopath. Oh, season three is very good. That's and that's fine. Like he's just silly in this. Yeah. Movie, right. I mean, that's the yeah. problem here. Yeah. So, Bullseye has just knocked Electra to the ground. He's complimenting her on her fighting. Oh, do the magic trick. Gonna make this card disappear. <laughs> ah! And Fucking this is silly. It's a little bit dumb. Yep. So, he, uh, Bullseye just Give whipped really a playing card at her at Electra's neck and sliced... Got a superficial slice on her neck. Give her a really bad paper cut. Yeah. Apparently disables her. I imagine that would really hurt. It would, for it sure. Would, but it's also just a paper cut. Yeah. So here we have, well. And they stabs her with her own side. Yep. Right. Iconic uh, comic image. They couldn't show the side going through for comic code authority oh, uh, oh, restrictions. Okay. So they showed it like poking in the back of her uh shirt thingy right so huh that is a uh did you guys want him to throw something at this helicopter and make it come down I, yes i, I th- wanted him to throw the side it just goes like i <laughs> wanted him to throw a sigh cape flap um <laughs> at the spotlight i wanted him to throw something at the spotlight just to take it out yes okay the roast <laughs> yeah that's i mean that's fair i thought like that i thought that was a perfect opportunity for him to do something cool yeah And Electra is crawling over to the love of her life crawling of two hours. Crawling on the roof, <laughs> the wound that will not heal. <laughs> did you just Lincoln Park us? <laughs> oh yes, I did. <laughs> and then you say fear is not what Matt knows, right? Because mm. that's the whole thing. Uh, He's a man without fear. Dum, dum. No, reach into her chest. Start it. Start her heart again. Yeah, I learned that from a different movie. <laughs> Also starring a lot of other. <laughs> right. And also that one guy, Cyrus. <laughs> Daredevil sad. Oh, God. See? See? If yeah. Bullseye would have busted that fucking thing, it wouldn't be blinding yeah. us right now. Bullseye, you jerk. How can Matt hear anything with a fucking helicopter around? 
Those police vests have very lo- have a lot of writing on them. Very <laughs> large logos about who they are. So it's, they're logos, but it's also like police and then a bunch of other smaller. And, and then like the inside of Fifth a fucking crazy, Tylenol crazy. bottle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it seems like just being in SWAT gear with police and a and an MP5 is probably all you need to know. Yeah. Oh, so now we've circled back to Matt on the cross at the top of the church, falling, uh, falling down, inside of it. Yep. Meeting up with the priest who has been around. Matthew. And a strange cut. Yeah, the pull yeah. out from the eye. A strange cut. Yeah, you know, he plays his Matt pretty well overall. Yeah. At first, I th- I was wondering if this church was the same church they used in the TV series. It but, looks really similar. But uh, from the exterior shots, which mm, may not be the same church, it's not. There wasn't as elaborate of an organ on that. But but I did have to do like a hmm about it. So do you think that they let the priest live here just because of the PG-13 rating? It seems out of character for Bullseye. I mean, he fucking killed an old woman with a peanut because she was loud. The only thing that I thought out of it, Ryan, was that since he's an Irish character... Yeah, he's probably Catholic. And his, the strong the, religious roots the here. strong religious roots of, of being Irish Catholic, probably. Right, so, you know, being a psychopath, you, you pick and choose. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Because he does cross himself and whatnot. So, yeah. Right. That yeah. probably would have killed him based yes. off of the ability we've mm. seen. Just, yeah. you know, collapse the jugular. Yeah. Oh, look, collapse the windpipe. Don't give him that. Right. Why does the Why does the Billy Club extend to like a hook thing? Oh wait, no. It, it, that, it's never like, mind. It's, it, it's a it, yeah, freaking Batman. So we're creeping up on some of the most terrible CG I've seen, and I'll, I'll like look at this. Oh, it's rough. You want to watch Spawn again, Ryan? Let's I would watch Spawn absolutely again, Ryan. rather watch Spawn than this. Yeah, I would too. At least really. We, at least we get good John. Like, look at this, you guys. Look at how fucking bad the backgrounds are. Yeah. Oh God. Ooh. <laughs> I got your neck. I got your neck. Get your nose. Just hold all of the pipes. Like hey, again, Batman. Batman. <laughs> ah, special effects. How do they what? work? <laughs> <laughs> like the pipes are all perfectly gray. It's very uh, flat. It's yeah. It's like, it's like the modeling was done, but no, like there aren't any textures on any of this. Mm. And, the, and like the why? Like I just this is. So let's talk about that a little bit next. <laughs> that, here he's disabled. Bong. Yeah, I'm disabled. Yeah, he's sorry. got more more problems because of loud noises. To to speak to your point, this almost falls into the old um, concept of super of a superhero, right? Like if superheroes and supervillains are around, they're all super strong, super super fast, super tough. Yeah, everybody has the same basic powers, except they all have like a little twist, right? And it seems like at least for for, for a lot of modern stuff that we have now. They're more willing to take... Like an asymmetrical. An ace, yeah. Uh, they're more willing to allow characters to have significant... Flaws. <laughs> Whap! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, dude. This is right in the bullseye. Yeah. yeah. Um, more right. willing to let characters have some faults and flaws. Yeah. Pause. This is ridiculous. He's just, he just catching glass. Yeah. So, again, it's... Yeah. And that, was, that is more ridiculous than any throwing feat he does. How he just catches panes of glass. Yeah. And then just... Like, well, and, and, I and, and then just Genji's. Yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> I, I think what that, 
Ooh, there's the bell. Sanctuary! But so, sorry, go back. <laughs> what are you saying? So what I think that does is that leads to a lot of these movies feeling like the cop just immediately opens the gun and door and draws his gun at the, at the church. Ah! He doesn't see anybody, but he just draws his gun on the church. Um, But it, it leads to, the, to a lot of these characters just feeling generic, right? Nobody yeah. feels special or they have, They don't have any distinguishing features. They're just all very good at what they do. Yeah. Oh, that was bad. Yeah, that was. Also, he's his eyebrows are on really weird. Like one of his eyebrows goes much further across his forehead than the other, and by he I mean bullseye. <laughs> weird thing to notice, I know, but this movie doesn't exactly you know mesmerize me. He probably has to compensate for that. Oof. Yes, I'm just gonna reveal all the plan. Yeah. While I'm killing you. So this uh. this dialogue here when he's speaking to him, I like this when he's he is revealing stuff. It's yeah, yeah but like this gives him a little bit of character here. Yep. Yeah. So the they try to the movie makers try to cultivate like a real psychopath with Bullseye here, and it's just it's you, it's you, mustache twirling to the tenth power. A lot of the times, this is real bad. This is the only scene that I don't feel he's super mustache twirling. Yeah, yeah. And this is an awesome... I actually really like this, this idea. So yeah, that's... Cool. I, this is great. Yep. He So here's a, a sniper chambering around. Yep. And pulls Bullseye's hands into the path. So he puts two gunshots through the guy through his hands. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you saw him kind of do the crucifix thing when he came in after he crossed himself. Uh, right. And then yep. he just... Bye. <laughs> that looks terrible. It looks Again, real bad. <laughs> looks like the end of the first Batman movie with <laughs> Michael Keaton. <laughs> Oof. Hey, an over the edge drop. So that's another one, too. Over the Edge is a Batman cartoon where uh, Batgirl is thrown off the roof by Scarecrow, and they had to go back to the censors because they showed her... Um, falling onto her father's car from outside of the car. Uh, and so they went back and p- turned them around and said, no, no, you can't do that. You have to show it from inside of the car. You can't show her really hitting. So instead of just showing her hit a car and then be like, oh, cut to Commissioner Gordon, it's way more brutal because you're looking from behind Commissioner Gordon's head and then his daughter falls onto the yeah, hood of it's his like, car. Yeah, it's like you're in like the, the it, back. It's like you're in the, like the, the rear passenger Jesus. seat. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, it's way worse. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not great. But less, but less explicit, I guess. So I guess. Eh. it's way worse though. <laughs> mm. so, Before this finishes, this this is a fine um, porter, uh, yeah. Lost River from Bellwoods. That's pretty good. I mean, it, 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 you know, obviously it pales in comparison to the beer we just had, but it's um got a nice roasty flavor, fairly easy drinking. Yeah, I wish he would have kept his suit on. So here we have Kingpin um, getting ready for a fight. Right. I do too, but I, I also understand him taking at least the jacket off, right? Yeah. He's, I mean. And once you show him, like, how big he's he is. massive. But, like, really look at his arms in the shots where you can see him. He's yeah. His arms are, like, the size huge. of my chest. Yeah. Swear to me. <laughs> I, <laughs> I <whoops>. do, like. 
Reversal. <laughs> that, that's like in a fucking side-scrolling action game where you learn how to fight an enemy. You're like, nope, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking crunch. Look at how big his shoulders are. I love yeah. this. I love that. Oh yeah, that's that a great so like. You good. think he's gonna throw him out on the table, but he's like, no, I'm gonna throw you up. Yeah, he put he. Ben Affleck is six foot four, so probably this is a stuntman. So he right. probably they probably picked a little bit of a smaller stuntman. Yeah, to yeah. make him look bigger. But he he hoists him over his shoulders and hurls him into the <laughs> in ceiling. the fucking ceiling. Yeah. It's so cool. Good yeah. God. I mean, he he's got a little bit of a gut, which I which 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 was that forty pounds they wanted him to game for this role. Yeah, but just the his muscles are just ridiculous. The dude is Still. fucking huge, like this. He's la- like, and just that voice. Yeah, man. He was also in um. Just around this time, he was in Tim Burton's uh, Planet of the Apes. Mm. He played, uh, he was like a general. He was like a, a gorilla. Okay. Um, and Steve Harvey has this bit where he was talking to him on a radio show. And I'm like, you know, people are calling, like he was talking about the movie. And people are like, dude, Steve, this isn't right. You know, they're having a black man in full makeup as a gorilla and whatnot. And uh, he asked them, like, how much did you get paid to... You know, because he's a kind of like a, a not a not a bit part, but it's like a supporting role. They paid him like ten million dollars to be a a oh, gorilla wow. in Planet of the Apes. And, Jesus, yeah. So this is uh, this is cool. He breaks the he breaks the like water waterfall pipes. like water pipes so they can see. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then again, there's a good scene right behind there where he's laughing about the fact that he's fighting the blind the blind yeah. from Hell's Kitchen, and then immediately turns. Very menacing and stu- and dark when he right. asks why he did it, and just is like business. Yep. Like, oh, that oh, that 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 oh. kick there where he breaks, yeah, both, his breaks knees. both his knees. Yeah, that'll shut a big man down. Yeah. So I like that he was able to take Kingpin down in an intelligent way. Right. Right. Yeah, he's not gonna like beat him to a submission or be you know beat him to unconscious or whatever, but he's just gonna like you know he he immobilized him. He, yeah. Yeah. Completely. Well, not completely. Enough. And even here, like you can tell that if if they were both on the ground right now, he probably would still be beating Matt. Murray. Oh yeah, oh yeah, be bashing his head against the ground. He is just menacing. And here's the moral choice. Yeah, moral choice. Well, it's a nice development because you saw him in the beginning, just like randomly having people being hit by trains. Right. So his character development in this in this movie is almost spot on to the character development of Green Arrow in the Arrow TV show. Huh. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It, it's it's similar to that in, in Season 3, because in Season 3, he's like, I, I need to kill Wilson, Wilson Fisk, because, you know, I can't put him away, I can't beat him by the law, because he's, like, just too big and whatnot. Yeah. But he, in the end, he doesn't. He figures out a way to to get to him and whatnot. Well, so. I mean, in Arrow, it goes to the whole, like, I kill people because that's what I do. And then yeah. like, realize they shouldn't. Hmm. This is a good poll this for Matt so here in a minute. Great. Yep. So Fisk threatens to reveal Daredevil's identity. And Matt's <laughs> like, yeah, sure, a, a blind guy beat you up, uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. That's, uh, 
And still, he's still menacing right here. Yeah, because yeah. he's like, yep. you know, you you've only temporarily stopped me. Yep. He still has the con- he still has his confidence or whatnot. Yep. The. Uh, that's a terrible line. I no, yeah, like yeah, that's just bad. Didn't need justice is served in here. He, look how big he is right there. That you actually get to see how big of a guy uh, Ben Affleck is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really, really like him as Fisk. This is a cool this, shot. That's a great shot. The I love the that image mask. right there. Yep. The blood and the roses and the mask. Yeah. But, I mean, and the the idea there that is so great too, right? It's that they're visually mixing together. Like mm-hmm. these are. Just like that scene from the end of uh, to go for you with Batman again, Max. But just like the scene from the end of The Dark Knight, where the Joker's like, "We could do this forever." Mm-hmm. That's what that scene to me feels like in a lot of ways. Where he's yeah. just laughing, being like, "I'm gonna get out." Like, yeah, this right. isn't. We're, we're just. This isn't keep, over. We're, it's not over. We're we're gonna keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems like they should have just taken like a hundred roses and hoped that one of them fell the right way. CGI. <laughs> yeah. Rose. Yeah. So we talked over one of the less potent jokes is that uh, Foggy thinks that alligators live in the city oh, sewers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I I like John Favreau as an actor. Typically, um, I think he's pretty funny. Um, yeah. This is a, a, a good poll because it's someone who very much looks like Jennifer Garner, but is not her. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah. Maybe like her stunt double. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah. <laughs> also, what diner or coffee shop has ketchup and mustard on the table? I don't know, coffee shop for weirdos, I guess. Yeah. And honey. Yeah, so. and honey. Yeah. Yeah. So John, I think John Favreau is, um, in a lot of Favreau? ways, like <laughs> the Hulk of actors. You don't want him starring in your film, but he adds a whole lot if he's used correctly. Mm. It, and interestingly, the the first few movies that I saw him as an actor in were Iron Man. Iron Man. Because he, he plays Happy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the bodyguard. And, and he's great in it. And it, Yeah, he is, but I, I liked him less as he talked more. Because in the first yep. movie, I don't think he says but maybe one thing. And then he slowly gets more speaking lines, and I'm just like, I liked it better when you were just kind of like the silent guy. He was the driver, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the limo driver. Well, well I, I know in three, he's the person who gets wounded in the attack, but yeah. Yeah, one and two there's too like much that. of him in three, but I mean... You can tell there's too a, much of a lot in three. He's still a big guy right here too. Again, he's this is one of the tighter outfits that they put him in because even the Daredevil outfit, though it's tight, is bulky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's got that collar, which kind of makes it seem a little wider. Than yeah. It is. Oh, Ooh. and then he finds. It's, the in, it's in Braille, so that Braille. Is, presumes that she is alive. A yep. necklace de nachos. Did they, they actually made an Electra movie, didn't they? Uh, they yeah, did, and, and I saw it. Was, it. it was like rated the worst superhero movie ever for a long, long time. And you know I don't what? know if it still has that ranking, but we should consider it. Yeah. But you know what? I remember liking that movie more than I liked this movie. Really? Yeah. I, I'd hmm. actually like to watch it now, just to kind of compare the two. Yeah, I've, I've I've never actually watched it, but I just knew it had the reputation of just being like the terrible. Terrible movie. It was I, one of those like solo female movies of the mid aughts that was, you know, they made it with good intentions, but it was just poorly received, like mm. that and Catwoman. I yeah. feel like uh, oh how Elite works. No, yeah. So I don't know what's more unrealistic in this scene that one, this sleazy 
character who's willing to write anything isn't going to reveal who Daredevil is, or that someone was actually going to use the print key. <laughs> oh, the, yeah, the print <laughs> screen. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll hold my phone to you. Oh, that hat. Just kill him because of the hat. This looks terrible, too. Just use actual... Uh. It's a good It's a good line, but from a shitty character. Yep. Yeah. If they would have... If that's Foggy delivering that line instead, I think it's way better. Right. Yeah. If they develop the relationship a little bit between the, those two, instead mm-hmm. of... Honestly, in some ways, instead of having... Um, Foggy's already interested in who Daredevil is, right? So no, he's, well, not in this. He isn't. Well, he's interested in, like in Daredevil as a figure, not a in figure, who he fan. is in the lore. Right? Yeah, yeah, the lore. So to me, cut that character. Cut the the yeah. Cut Ulrich. Yeah, cut Ulrich. I, I was wondering, like, what do you? You don't need that character out no. of everyone in this. You don't need him. And instead, develop the relationship between Foggy and and Murdoch a little bit more. And have Foggy be the one who figures out that it's actually Matt, and then have him walk out and deliver. Go get him, Matt. Yeah, and that is such a more impact. Yeah, I agree. I, that, I agree that he, his best friend in the entire world, not only knows who he is, but he's keeping his secret and, and supports, he supports him. him. Yep that that is such a better narrative beat. Though, sure, than sure. Some random writer. Hold on, let's yeah. talk about Pee Wee Pamante for a second. <laughs> Pee Wee Pamante, that's a good stunt double. <laughs> so you guys did watch the credits, I assume. Uh yeah, uh, yeah. In, in the in the in the director's cut, the end credit scene is at the end of the movie. Okay, this uh, it, it, no, it's it, midway it is, through here. It is before it is before the uh, Ulrich scene. Uh, okay. One thing I can say while we're waiting for it to happen is um, one of the minor things they they include in the, in the director's cut is um, Matt and uh, Ben know each other. Like he uses him as a source, being like, "Oh, okay. oh yeah, I, I, I've got a source who feeds me intel on Fisk and whatnot." Okay, oh, okay, and so, you know it's it's. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but so we've got a mid-credit we'll scene yeah. here. Mid-credit, yep. So a busted up body, all sorts of busted up in the hospital. All yeah. sorts of traction. That fly Get buzzing around. Fly. If those if if those eyebrows and mustache tell you anything, it yeah. is bullseye. Yep. So he's being very annoyed mm-hmm. by this fly, as you know, humans are wont to be. Yep. Very very large syringe, which would not just be kept out there. Now we're back to an external shot in the hallway. Pull out. <laughs> and we see that the fly has been pierced by the syringe. Yep. Did he really need to say that? No. Bullseye. Well, he has the entire movie, so you got to kind of do that. So, yeah. But yeah, yeah, they established that the characters have a repertoire of being like, hey, I'm an investigative journalist. You're a lawyer. They kind of work together to take down Fist from the legal side. Okay. That's why there's the whole line of like, oh, yeah, it was Daredevil who took down Fist because they they actually get a case against Fist, Fist. to, like, nail him from the legal side. Okay. But it but it's physically Daredevil who, like, brings him down, quote-unquote. Yeah. So, I, I might watch the director's cut. This is, You've yeah. kind of got me enough yeah, where it, I might it, actually it, watch it. The movie it. flows a lot better. It has a lot more of what you would expect based off of like the TV series because um, yeah. they really don't show Matt Murdock being a lawyer at all. Yeah. Like there's a scene where they're supposed to be in court and Matt's not there and Foggy's there and he's trying to like do the case or whatnot, but he isn't as prepared and he goes through Matt's notes, but they're all in Braille. So he's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, he's like, oh, it, it, it's in Braille. It's in Braille. Yeah. Um, so. so the bullseye thing, 
at the end of that movie. This is a very personal thing, and like radio for literally only me and half of Ryan. But um, <laughs> half of Ryan, which half? Top, half, or bottom? So, <laughs> left or right? So in which quadrant are we speaking to here? Yeah, in ninth or tenth grade, um, a couple friends and I made a like knockoff horror, like a hilarious horror movie about how a monkey puppet killed my entire friend. I re- I remember that. I've seen that video. Yes, and. One of the jokes that we had was that you never saw the puppet move. So you'd just cut back and forth and like the puppet would get closer to people. <laughs> oh, okay. And, and so Good low budget things, film though, technique. It cuts to the puppet and it has a dart. Oh, it was one of those puppets that like could um hang on the back of people by sticking oh, right. the velcro. Oh, the yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So one of the jokes is that we had him holding a dart and then it cut and you cut over to somebody, and they were dead with the, the, dart, the dart in their, in their <laughs> mouth. And then we pushed the the electronic dartboard, and the dartboard went Mulva! <laughs> as soon as he said that, I was like, "Oh my god!" It brought me right back to that movie. And was, was Steve Cuff involved in that production, uh, or was no, that Brian the Red Bucket? Oh, okay, Brian Miller. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. <laughs> I'll I'll share with hey, you guys now a uh, uh, a high school Steve. video uh, story of my own. So um, I had uh, Mr. Christopher for AP Government, which As I, you guys probably also did. Had. All the rest all of us, yeah. Yep, and um, we made a video about uh, Shay's Rebellion and the Whiskey Rebellion as okay. like a you know ex- you know project you had to do or whatnot. And she kept that video around for like four or so years. Nice. Like eventually, my sister saw that video. <laughs> I think great. it was like here's quote unquote what not to do, even though we still got an A for the project, but being like. <laughs> Here's what you could do for this video and whatnot. So, oh boy, yeah, Ugh. a video of me was passed down through the ages until she retired. That's pretty <laughs> funny. Yep. Mm. Well, um, so okay, so we made we, we made a couple of mental sticky notes throughout. This. Yeah, yeah. Let's so go through some um, of those. let's let's do first. Let's 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 first do view again, brew again, and then we'll get into the wider okay. discussion. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, view again, brew again. Um, I'll start this time. View again. Uh, no, I'm probably not going to watch this again, even if it is like the director's cut, which is longer, but better. But uh, there's if I want to watch Daredevil, I'll just go watch a TV show. It has a very distinct place within like the history of the of the of this genre of film. But if I want to watch a, a Batman movie, I'll go to watch Batman Begins. <laughs> Brew again. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Lost River from Bellwoods. It's it's not it's not going to knock your socks off. But if you just want a nice roasty porter, go for that. And the CBS, like James was saying earlier, this I feel like this year's batch is a lot better than last year. Last year's, we had a couple-ounce sample at a Craft Brew City near Ryan's house, and I, I we, we were all like, okay, yeah, this this couple-ounce sample is enough for us, but uh, this year we split the bomber between the three of us, and we are like, okay, yeah. More, we, please. We, yeah, more, yes, please. Yeah, please. more. Uh, Ryan. Uh, Okie dokie. Um, let's go first to view again. I... This is a background movie for me. I, I, I would background movie this. Um, and, I, and I may amend my feelings once I check out the director's cut. But for as much as I truly detest everything after like the first 15 or 20 minutes of this movie, I still think it's just weird and stupid enough to be the, in the background. But again, don't mistake that for me actually liking it. I don't know. It's just got some stuff where you can look at it and just be like, wow, this is just fucking terrible. And something that was supposed to be kind of like a triple A movie. What the hell happened here? Um, brew again. I'm going to start. Uh, they're both yeses for sure. The Porter, <laughs> I, I guess this is a good thing. I just kind of f- didn't realize that I had completely flown through it. Like it was just suddenly gone. Oh. So, so it's good. It's very drinkable. Very drinkable. Um, I, I don't know that there's anything particularly 
remarkable about it, but it is it was good. Like that's that was a good porter. No, this yeah. was like nine or ten dollars Canadian. Yeah, so it, it was it was solid porter for sure. Um, just just no real standouts there. Uh, the CBS, I, I've got nothing really more to add. Uh, but it's it's just it's very good. Um, they they pulled back the the sweetness, which was one of our kind of reservations about it before when we had it last year uh i think it's really well balanced it's got like what maple in there too yep it's some uh maple syrup yeah uh, i i very much like cbs and again um i i i like kbs um but i like i would prefer cbs in pretty much all cases and it's it's just a solid solid drink for sure and 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 that's not even because we got free swag from founders that's just (laughs) the truth yeah (laughs) again thank you founders yes thanks founders Gigi Thorpe, um, view again? No, but I would like to watch the director's cut. Um, Ryan, I think that sounds like a yeah. project for you and I at some point. Okay. Um, one I would like to point out also that apparently 955 people have reviewed this on Amazon and given it four stars. So please do not pay attention to any Amazon movie <laughs> Right. Um, that never. IMDb, 5.3. <laughs> that's more like it. Um, <laughs> view again, or for brew again, um, I was mediocre on the on the porter um it had a little bit of hold on one final sample he's drinking he's thinking yeah it's (laughs) it's a little getting a little close to um skunky for me okay Um, i I can uh, i can see where you're coming from that so i'm much more of a for a porter um i will go far far and away more for a roasted a very roasty malt flavor as opposed to just like lots and lots of lots of normal malts because i think you can get towards this little bit of a skunk flavor to it um that said it's a fine it's it's a it's a decent porter yeah it's oh. it's apparently also a a baltic porter okay so because that is like an eight percent abv which it does not taste like an eight no, it does no. no wow like a, that surprises yeah. me actually um cbs was fantastic that yeah. was truly what i was hoping for it to be last year um and that's i i'm fine with a lot of yearly releases kind of tasting different from year to year uh particularly now that we've gotten into the beer world has come to accept that yearly releases are going to taste different yeah um, and especially stuff that you're, that you're going to age in a barrel you're not you're not going to have the exact same barrels from one year to the next and this is aged i think nine months in those okay. barrels so you know you, you, there's things you can't control about that yeah. process you can try to have as much as you you know control as much as you can but you you can't make even you you can't make one batch exactly the same as another right i mean you you want things to have a general idea of what they should be a consistency to them yes but at the same time if it's a yearly release like we talk about hop slam tastes different from year to year Mm -hmm. but it's still it's still hop slam it's still hop slam uh oberon has changed dramatically since it was originally released, but it still has that very Oberon taste mm-hmm. to it that's been evolving, but it still maintains that that relative taste to it. It's yep. actually been getting more and more sediment in it lately, which I like a lot, actually. I like the more sediment-filled Oberon. Yeah. Um, there, so, there are people who who admit, who will, uh, or not admit, but uh, claim that Bell's Two-Hearted, their, per, their most popular beer has changed since its original inception, mm-hmm. or even from, from a more uh, local scale... Uh, uh, Drippa from Kunin's, uh, that is a batch by batch. Yeah. Like and there's a good batch or there's a not as a good batch. And, and I've, I've had that. Uh, to, to as much as I love Kunin's, I've had that on all of their beers. Um, sometimes I will get a – so Kunin's is known really for their two things, right? They're known for Drippa and they're known for their Hefeweizen. Those are their two, mm. like, mm-hmm. big beers. 
I have had some bad Hefeweizens from Kunin's before, and they'll say, yeah, it's a new keg or it's a keg that's been a little, been around for a little while, but the next keg is a completely different batch. So they'll say, but they are truly like a small batch yeah, they're, brewery. They're they yeah, for, for being the size of brewery, they are, I, I, I don't know the, the exact barrel size or their, 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 their barrel size per batch or whatnot, but when you go to the, 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 uh, the tap room, they've got like 15 to 20 beers on tap. They make a lot of beers. Yeah. Um, anyway, but so I'm fine with it tasting different from year to year as long as there's somewhat some bit of consistency to it. Um, I, I think that makes those releases a lot more exciting, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I get that some of these are yearly releases because they're expensive to make or whatever. That's one business reason for it, but I think it's more interesting if at the same time they're kind of playing with things or doing stuff to the yearly releases to kind of be like, hey, it's new from here, new from here. I'm much more apt to go get something because it may taste different but be similar than just go get something because it is... Big and bold and exciting. Yeah, because it's limited, right? Yeah, yeah. I just love Hop Slam because the way it tastes, so I will go get my Hop Slams, but... You know, I'm not rushing out the door to find yearly releases from a lot of other places just because they're limited. I want to I want to see if there's differences from year to year and and see what was better or what I like more. Or is there a new flavor that, that it's in there that that adds to it or what or whatever? Well, it, that that kind of goes back to what we were saying is some of these uh, releases are um, like like CBS for example. Like I had to go to a large grocery store chain to find a bottle of it. It wasn't really that expensive, or um, we are in the past and hop slam has just started canning. They're going to start releasing it like in the next week or so. Yeah. And you know, like on the website, it's like, Oh, track where you can find hop slam. And I'm like, I, I don't need a track where I can find hop slam. I know where I can find hop slam. It's not going to be difficult. We found it at fucking Costco last year. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> they, yeah. And uh, CBS, they had it this year and last year, this year they had mm. bourbon County from goose Island at, uh, at really? Costco. Huh. Yeah. I wow. had some of that very recently. It was pretty yeah, good. It's very good. The, yeah. the, Go- the Goose Islands that are not the, what, three... The 312 three or whatever it is. or whatever, because there's a... This is going to sound stupid, but there's a Goose Island bar inside of O'Hare Airport. That makes sense. Um, But it's... I mean, it's an airport bar, but they had all of their other good stuff there, and they make wonderful beers that I wish got more distribution than just Chicago. Mm. Yeah, they they have some they have some good farmhouse like James style beers. I'll, I'll refer to them as like Matilda and Sophie. And those are all the ones I had that I was I was very happy to have. Those yeah. were great. Matilda was wonderful. Yeah, they're they're just starting to distribute uh, Matilda a little bit more. I saw it in a six pack uh, not too long um, ago. But 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 those are like the 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 year to year release. Like I think it's twenty fifteen of the uh, BC uh, Bourbon County Barrel Stout. Like that's a contaminated batch. Like oh, really? something got into it, okay. so like you'll still see them on store shelves, like really marked down, That's and um, you know they were able to catch some of it before it went out to distribution, but a lot of it, like it was already out, it was already out, whatnot. So yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, because not everybody will give a beer a second chance, right? Some yeah, just drink it and be like, well, this is just garbage. Not having that again. Yeah, yeah, but, but th- that's also one of the early releases that they do like a ton of variants. I'm talking like kind of like Dragon's Milk has a lot of variants, but it, it's it's kind of like that, but like a next tier above. Okay, so like they have like you know like orange chocolate and you know blah 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 blah. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, so now on to the larger discussion, I suppose, of superhero movies in 2019. 
do they have anything more to offer to us? What are they going to do to keep being innovative? Or what's going to keep them out from being just being the same old, same old uh, movie? Well, 2018 had a lot of superhero yes. movies. Yes. Uh, you had a, a Avengers Affinity War, which kind of, quote-unquote, like broke the mold as far as narrative storytelling goes, or soap, some people will say, as far as being like a consolidation of like 18 movies into one story. But then at the end of the year, you had a bunch of movies that people, I think, had no hope for or expectations or lowered expectations for venom aquaman and spider-man into the spider-verse which turned out to be like some of the most financially successful and also just interesting movies technically yes. of the year and um what do you guys think about that you want to go uh sure you can yeah go. Uh, I mean, no, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna edit this out anyway so um no it's fine fight, um fight, fight. so <laughs> uh yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like um, I want to take a very generic comment to start with. Like, I, I feel any story can, for as far as movies are concerned, any story can be told and shot in an interesting way. So I feel like a, a lot of these superhero movies um, are, are good, um, but they tend to be, for the most part, pretty formulaic and standard fare as far as how they're made, how they're shot kind of thing. But when you can really, really switch things up, like a, like a Thor Ragnarok or especially a Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, um, I, I'd like to see more creative filmmaking with some of the stories that we already know. Um, that would be good. And, and it seems like for studios that are going to make comic book movies, you know, the big ones being Marvel and DC, they're going to have to decide, are, are we going to try, does everybody have to try for a, a, a 15 year story arc in a continuous cinematic universe? Or can we just maybe go back to just making, you know, self-contained stories again? for our, our universe and not necessarily have to tie everything together in a giant, you know, string board of craziness. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that's handled going forward. Cause clearly DC is, is trying to do the Marvel thing, right? That's obvious to a much lesser degree of success, but uh, I, I don't know what they're going to decide to do after. I don't know. Yeah. It, it'd be interesting to see because um, Aquaman is definitely the course correction they needed. And based off of how that movie went, I'm much more interested to see how Shazam does. I agree. Yeah. yeah. From from having seen Aquaman and having just actually very recently seen the Shazam trailer for the first time, I'm much more interested now than I was in seeing where DC goes. I haven't seen Aquaman yet, but I saw the Shazam trailer with you, Ryan, and both of us looked at each other and were like, okay, that seems better. better. <laughs> it, it has, it has potential to be a very interesting story based yeah. off of the levity of the... Well, situation I, is trying to and portray. I think the Shazam character is a very unique character in a in um, a world at least in our world of of comic book hero movies that we have right now, right? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You know, you have the uh, the adolescent male, you know, transforming into a you know the the peak human physique, pretty much with with yeah. magic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically transforming into other Superman, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. At one point, Captain Marvel, I think, was a more popular character, or Shazam, as he's known as now, was a more popular character than Superman or whatnot. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, right? Because, I mean, in, let's be honest with you, the original target audience for, for comic books was kids, right? Yeah. So it's a lot easier for a kid to be like, I want to read about the, the comic book hero who's a kid. And then turns into a, into a super, superhero, yeah. A superhero, as opposed to the... The superhero is just a dude. Yeah. Yeah. Just an Aryan. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So I don't, I actually don't think we're going to see any change to superhero movies in 2019 at all. Um, we have superhero movies are still incredibly economically viable. Yeah, and, and just to very quickly interject, to, to very narrowly answer your question, Max, I agree with James. I don't think we're going to see any course changes in 2019. Zero course changes. Uh, long term was kind of the long view is what I was going for. But yeah. anyway, back okay, to the yeah. yeah. Um, one, the development time for all these movies means that they have been being developed in 2018 and 2017. Um, there were... Were there any superhero movie flops this year? Um, maybe, maybe the closest was Ant Man and Wasp, and that still made a couple hundred million dollars. Yeah, Ant Man and Wasp, but Ant Man and Wasp was was to me a very refreshing film because of how standalone it felt. Like I, there was like the only little uh, like nod to the greater um, to its existence within the greater Marvel Marvel universe was like, oh yeah, I fought with Captain America in Civil War or whatnot. I saw, but seen there was. It. There was no Infinity Stones nonsense. Like in the in the post credit scenes, you see the dissolve happen to a couple of characters, yeah. but um, it uh, it 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 pretty much stood on its own in a uni- in a film universe where nothing stands on its own, and had some very interesting themes that no other movies in that universe have explored before, which is a uh, relationship between fathers and daughters. Okay. And Justice League was last year, right? That was 2017, yep. yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My 2018 was the perpetual year, so I'm trying to make sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if if the genre keeps cranking out, if you can basically say, I'm going to make a superhero movie and I'm writing myself a $500 million check, they're not going to do anything different until that stops. Right, exactly. Um, and I don't think that stops till probably next, probably 2020 is when they probably start going down, if that. And even then... Given that, we wouldn't see any changes till movies till twenty twenty late twenty twenty one, early twenty twenty two. Um, I mean this is just gonna be a juggernaut that keeps keeps pushing. It's just gonna keep going. Um particularly if Marvel really does the thing they look like they might be doing with with Captain or with, with Ms. Marvel. Um mm. Or Captain, what do they call her? Cap- Captain, Captain Marvel. That's Captain Marvel? that's an interesting perspective because how much can you do in a movie that's set before all your other movies and still have to tie into a movie coming out two months later? Right. I just I mean don't... you can you can establish that character very solidly, like you did in Wonder Woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or um, I just what I mean by that is that. So, just a couple quick things. One spoiler. Okay, I'm going to spoilers you for Infinity War, but at this point, it's, it's on Netflix. Go it's watch Netflix. it. Go watch it. Um, spoiler alert. So everyone that that lived is an original Avenger. Yeah, right. So all of those people are pretty close to the end of their contracts. They're going to kill everybody. It's yeah. going to be a sacrifice to bring to bring yep. all the other people. That seems back. the most likely way yeah. it's going. So, or time travel shit's going to happen, who knows. But but the to me the intent that Marvel set out is that they're going to basically wipe the slate clean, continue forward with with Black Panther and with Spider-Man and with these younger characters, although the guy who plays Black Panther is like 35 or 30. Or but less yeah. established but characters. less established characters, yeah. right? They're going to go exploring new characters that may, to your point, Ryan, I don't know if it's going to be formulaic, but at least they're going to be, I think they're going to pull a whole bunch of people out of nowhere. They're yeah, start yeah, right. weird characters out because they want to do some funky stuff and yeah. have some fun with it. Like we Before we started recording today, we were talking about Spider-Man Edge of Spider-Verse because of course we were and we were talking well at least in my opinion that movie doesn't happen unless you have 10 or in the sense of Spider-Man 15 years of 
previous Spider-Man yeah. or mm-hmm. comic book yep. movies, Wolverine, like, you know this story, you know how it goes, you know the tropes and genre callings of a superhero movie, so we can play with that to the ex- the, the furthest level we could probably extend it, you know, at, at this point in time, and have it be animated and look super cool, and have a very good soundtrack, and have great voice casting, so, you know... Like I think we've we're we're getting to that point in the in the the genre that we can start having like just these crazy ass shit where we don't have to um it doesn't have to be as clear cut people can go in just being like okay yep superhero movies let's see some crazy ass stuff I think Guardians of the Galaxy was the first one of those where it's being like okay yeah we've done these movies on Earth with humans and living in America and da 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 da. da. Now we're going to do it in space. And oh, yeah, there's a talking raccoon and a tree. And a talking yeah. tree. Yeah. So, I mean, to that, like, that's the question, right? The question is, they don't, if you're a studio, you keep making formula movies until they stop making money. Yeah. That's what you do, right? You're going to make that, make money with mm-hmm. it. Because you, you might, you know that you're going to make $500 million at least off of those formula movies. So you're fine putting out two or three of those a year and making your $1.5 billion. You're less fine with saying, I'm going to take a risk and make, put out a movie that's going to make $1.5 billion, but it can also not make any money, right? If that's, one of your, if that's one of your two or three movies you can put out of here. But I think that Marvel has, with one, it has Disney money. Yes, got yeah. So, But they've put themselves in a situation where they have the ability to do that. So you think about it. We had, three or four years ago... They laid out all of the movies. Oh yeah, they like put up that 20... that that timeline up at Comic Con, being like, Comic-Con. "Here's what it is. Here's what it is through 2019 or 2020 is what they did. Something like that. They haven't done that again yet. No, because I think it would be too revealing of where they. And the only thing that's been revealed is this, is the um Spider Man from Spider Man Far, Far From Home, from home yep. which I. I and think it's supposed to be a prequel. Do... It's, it's a prequel to the Avengers: Infinity War. I think. I don't know. I don't. We don't know yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and the other one that was on there was was um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, which there's a big question about whether or not that's going to get made. I personally don't think it's no, going to. It's not going yeah. to. Um, but I, to me, that's a very deliberate choice by Marvel because I think that Marvel likely is going to do some interesting stuff coming for going forward. I think that they're going to probably do. They, I think they've said they're going to do Black Panther Two, but they haven't talked about it at all. So yeah, you're going to get some. Some weird stuff's going to come out, and I'm okay with that. I, I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, they've but they've, they've think... got their perpetual hype machine set up that they don't need to say anything but, until the F, until yeah. next yeah until this spring. But I think you're going to see two or three movies a year, and one or two of them is are going to be relatively formulaic movies as they introduce new characters, mm-hmm. and then you're going to get your one wild or wild care movie that's going to be combinations of them or you're going to see more characters that are um you know some like black panther 2 can probably be a little more crazy than than if they were like oh we're going to introduce adam warlock right like they, <laughs> you know they're gonna have to inter- they're gonna tell everyone who the hell adam warlock is but instead they can jump in with black panther and be like here's some crazy new stuff he has here's the world post infinity war mm-hmm. living yeah in it, yada, yada. um so DC is the other side of it that's kind of weird, but what I'm most excited about is that they have specifically stated that they are going to do more with Into the Spider-Verse, and I I cannot say enough about that movie. I'm so excited about yeah, that movie. Yeah, just incredible. The world it made, the worlds 
it made are mm-hmm. beautiful and fun and and everything you want. And that's what I to fully answer your question, Max. What I hope for is I hope that superhero movies just start having more fun. Um, my biggest more, um more fun in the sense of like doing just things that are like crazy off the wall and not taking themselves ev- seriously ev- or or every. These, instance of the word fun of these, just yeah these are movies about people with absurd powers doing ridiculous things that none of us can ever dream of doing in worlds that should be bright and beautiful and full of everything we want them to be hey yeah i just got the shoulder touch ryan is now clapped on the ground yeah it's, <laughs> it's that, like you know even you want to see that kind of stuff we don't I, I don't know if Marvel is looking at it and kind of being like how we, we they balanced it well, but how hard was it for them to actually make Marvel Infinity War? They had such a huge cast. All of that's coming through. So phase one, right? They came together and did the Avengers movie, but it was like, oh yeah, these guys are all kind of in the same world and interacting doing a their thing, bit, yeah. a thing or whatever here or there. And then they put them together and they had some fun. And then how much? How, it's better. It almost seems better to kind of come out and say, "Okay, here's the character you care about. Go watch this guy." You don't. You don't want to get weighed down by continuity, mm-hmm. and they're close to doing that. Yeah, and, and that was great about the Spider Verse was that it was just like you know all this stuff, man. Just we're good. Go right. ahead, have fun. Let's have some fun. Let's yeah. let's enjoy. Right, it. bagel, bagel. Yeah, you've <laughs> seen like, five of the Spider Man movies. <laughs> we're good. We're gonna make fun of those Spider Man movies, right? You know, you've you've created a to that they've created. And I danced. We don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So and I've been talking for too long, but I just I want to have more fun with these movies. The best the best ones are when you walk out of the theater with a big smile on your face and you're absolutely enjoying the last two hours that you had. That's yeah, what and, I want and then you and then you talk movie. about it with your significant other or whatever you're on the car ride home, yeah, being like, just, "Oh yeah, what'd you think about that?" We're or just enjoying those things. Yeah, Ryan, anything to add? Yeah, so we uh, we put a pin in something that we brought up while the movie was still running and uh i want to talk about the you know villains and antagonists and superhero movies and how it's a little in in my opinion a little bit of a cop-out and kind of boring to just have the 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 bad guy just be a you know the good guy but bad you know as far as powers yep Yep. oh uh, the 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 darker image of the hero yeah I, i i mean so some examples i'm trying to think of so iron monger and iron man one yeah um fucking the abomination and the hulk uh he's yellow yellow jacket uh killmonger right um Um, i like killmonger a lot his character's great yeah very good character but he pretty much just was evil he's just evil black 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 panther yeah 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 Yeah, almost and we've kind of talked about this killmonger is kind of even more compelling than the black Black panther's character yeah i I want to watch the killmonger movie um (laughs) that's in no that's in no small part to michael b jordan's acting of the uh, character for sure aquaman is like reverse black panther lord of the rings plus raiders of the lost ark Yikes! <laughs> so that's that's literally like the best way to describe yeah, it. And, yeah, and and just as a more recent example, spoilers uh, in Venom, it's it's the same thing. It's just Venom but different. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, um, it's, and, it's color shifted Venom. And no, yeah, it, it's uh, Silicon Valley. Venom. Oh, oh yeah. I was I was, was going to say in Marvel vs. Capcom three. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was going to yeah. say no. It's it's Venom, and then you picked Venom again. But before you picked them, you pressed up. Yeah. on the yeah, joystick, so it changes color. Yeah. The blue. blue Venom. <laughs> yeah, um, and, yeah, and that's actually. Um, a thought that I've had for a long time um, for superhero movies, but I, I think it's much more interesting when it's, like we said, an asymmetric confrontation and an asymmetric just struggle. Um, and, and just a really interesting uh, thing to pull, I think, for a movie that 
nobody likes, but I think I like more than some, is uh, Alt- Age of Ultron. Like no one when, like that movie. <laughs> when uh, when Scarlet Witch just messes the Hulk up for part of the movie. Yeah. Like that's a perfect example of two completely different power sets that I, that make for a pretty interesting part of that movie. And I, I don't think there's enough of that, especially in superhero movies, uh, to play out when you have such fantastical things that, that could be happening. It's kind of a cop out and it's kind of boring to be like, oh, well, this guy smashes. Well, yeah, well, this guy also smashes, but he's less green. Yeah. I, like, I don't know. That's well, here, so thinking about that, I mean, let's look at a lot of the solo Marvel films. Um, Iron Man, Captain America, Ant-Man, uh, excluding Thor. A lot of them are just humans with tech or minor super net, minor super abilities that don't that aren't as fantastical as the Hulk or Scarlet Witch. There aren't enough just like super powered foes that the uh, Avengers characters have had to deal with. Yeah, you get. I mean, you get some of that. Like, there's Loki. Excluding Thor. Yeah, excluding Thor. So you have, um, so to your point, Ryan, Captain America's, in the first Captain America movie, his villain, the Red Skull, is literally Captain America, is literally a person who got injected with the series. Right, same guy. The the Nazi version. Just red face. (laughs) Skull face. But the character still acted well. So I think, but what you're saying is that you (laughs) you want to see, you want to see something like, in one way, the other Captain America movie, when they meet up with basically secret Modoc, and <laughs> and the AI, they're they're fighting a 1970s AI trying to get information out of him, and then he calls a missile strike in on the location. Yeah, like that's a really interesting fight, exactly. quote unquote. You yeah, know? you want to see less. Of, what I think what you're trying to say is you want to see less of like I, we're just going to get together, human punching human. Yeah, it, you know it's the it's the Superman mm. versus Doomsday problem, right? Like yeah. we're just going to punch face in the street until one of us falls over. Like you can only watch that so many times. Mm-hmm. Um. So you want to see these characters get in, get have an interaction with each other in completely different ways that are mm-hmm. far more interesting. The joke about Marvel movies, right, is they all end with them fighting a horde of things that all lose once you kill the mother, right. the mother brain or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Once you close the portal, once you beat Ultron. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Um, but it, uh, in sorry, Ragnarok, no, no, no. in Ragnarok, which we all love, yeah, in it's Ragnarok, right? Fucking great. There are three villains in Ragnarok. There is Hell. Hela, who mm-hmm. is basically evil Thor. I would say she's like more evil Loki. Yeah, she's evil. Okay, she's evil, like su- actually evil Loki. But so she's kind of kind of falls into that a little bit. But they make her. She, but her yeah, her powers are actually are, really different. Are different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then you also have the Grandmaster's a villain in that movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And he's completely different in a whole different. Yeah. Way. Like a Wilson Fisk style villain, right? He just runs everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And then the other one is um Sarder. Sarder. You know who who. Turns gigantic and no one can defeat him. Like right. those are three really different and compelling villains. Right. And even though that movie has three villains, which is the sin of Spider-Man Three, that it has too many villains, Thor Ragnarok never feels like it has too many villains. Oh, it's, it's a tight, excellent movie. All yeah. so different. They all have their, they all have their distinct place in the story, exactly. and they don't step step each other's toes as far yeah. as what they're mm. doing. Yep. But going towards. Uh, uh, villains and Fisks and parallels with the heroes. So the, the one of the also reasons we're doing Daredevil right now is Daredevil was just canceled oh, which sucks. on Netflix yep. along with uh. most of the other Netflix shows at the time of this recording. Um, 
Jessica Jones season three and Punisher season two have yet to come out, but we assume that shortly after they've come out and They're people both have digested them and wrote their think pieces about it, they will also be canceled. Yeah. Um, no more than a month after release, I would have think. Pro- yeah. Yeah. With, with all that being said, I don't need to see any more Daredevil at all. There is the clause within the contracts that after the shows have been canceled, they cannot be used in any other movie or TV shows for at least two years, which is what everyone is assuming is what Disney is doing with all of the media that's being canceled on Netflix. They're going to transfer it over to their own streaming service. To that Disney Plus service or whatever. Yeah, Disney Plus, and then just have it their own way. But with how season three of Daredevil ends and how this movie goes as far as, like, this is a Daredevil movie, I... I legitimately do not need any more else. What are you going to do? You're going to show me another Daredevil kingdom, Kingpin encounter? Another Daredevil bullseye encounter? Another Daredevil fights ninjas and Electra dies and comes back to life and then dies again thing? I, I don't need to see any more of that. I don't want any more Daredevil stuff. You show me all I think I would enjoy from this character. Like, I honestly don't need any more Batman movies. I've got fucking, like, uh, <laughs> eight of them. Yeah, eight of them, not counting animated ones. Um, I've seen all the villains I want to see, for the most part. Mm, no good Scarecrow live action yet. Oh, no, never, never, no, no. Scarecrow. Cillian Murphy. Yeah, Cillian Murphy's good. Yeah, yeah no, no, Batman Begins. Sorry, my mistake. Which, I, is the, I, which is the secretly best Batman that Nolan made? Is, is, is Batman Begins better than Dark Knight? Uh, I think perhaps. upon revision, perhaps. I think in some ways it might be. In some ways it might be. Um, but yeah, that's a different conversation, different time. Um, or maybe not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, there's some characters like I don't need any more Daredevil. I don't think I need any more Spider-Man. Oh, I want like no, no, no. no. I don't need any more traditional Spider-Man. Okay, if you want me to give me like off the wall edge of Spider-Verse Spider-Man, I'll eat that shit up. If you're gonna, See, if you're gonna yeah. go to the whole like Spider Geddon where they have like 50 Spider-Mans in it or whatever the hell sure yeah give me more crazy shit but like i'm peter parker i live in queens with my aunt and yeah. i'm poor da, 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 da. Like, i don't i don't need any more of that well you're gonna get some more because tom holland's gonna make spider-man's until he is uh too tall to make spider-man's <laughs> <laughs> probably but yeah. still like it but but again that's like the whole like if they could they, they that might be some interesting in the whole um post avengers thing based off who lives who dies and whatnot of him like adjusting to the world of like here's the world now and whatnot that could be an interesting story but like a, I, don't, I don't need another like sam raimi spider-man yeah. story or well, andrew garfield one if if yeah but that's that's just my i've gotten enough out of some of these characters that i can there's more than enough characters you can go to uh i think tv works for certain um series like i know there's uh, a lot of image titles have been announced as far as they're getting TV productions in the coming year or two. And I think there's more room to breathe in, in, in that kind of format. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing on that, though, Max, is that as superheroes become more into this, like they, they truly are at this point, um, you know, they're in the zeitgeist, right? Oh, they, without they, a doubt. Comic books have taken over pop culture. Yeah, I mean, it's pop culture is now, you don't get to claim that, like, the stuff you liked as a kid because you were a geek got you ostracized. It may have as a kid, but your life, the entire American life rotates around all sci-fi and, and comic book stuff right now. So, and likely if you were, if you are my age, you probably weren't ostracized for them. Yeah. So the thing with, that comes with this is that 
we're going to continue to get more of these things. I'm curious to see if they're produced for different audiences. I I think we're slow. I think we've actually kind of gotten to that point based off of Deadpool. Yeah, I, and that's and that's a perfect example that there are going to be comic book movies that come out that are not for adults, and there are going to be comic movies that come out that are for adults, and there are mm. going to be comic book movies that come out that are for everybody. Or right? yeah. I mean, for families or that's, whatever. That's really the the next frontier in some of these things. I think is that you're. I'm curious to see how Marvel adapts to the world upon which Deadpool movies that are rated R get tons and tons and tons of money. They're gonna maybe they make the more PG thirteen cuts of movies, or maybe we're gonna. Is is this a test? I I wouldn't be surprised if this is a is a, this is a balloon that Marvel's testing out with mm. Sony. That can they release a PG thirteen and R cut of a movie in the theater? close to the same time yeah basically within the same year to still make yeah, money it was right? what like six months yeah like that between the two cuts of deadpool and uh well deadpool i think came out in february so about 10 months oh okay yeah. uh, 10 months six months but, I, but I think I mean, that's that's a really weird concept that's a really yeah weird it thing. might be a test right it might be a test to see them release more of these things do we see more more stuff where all of a sudden we're getting movies that are r-rated where they can release your Venom movie that is R-rated, Ryan. Yeah. That comes out to the theater maybe after the PG-13 mm-hmm. cut happens. Or maybe mm-hmm. it does. You know, are we going to start seeing that? And with that's a difference in 15 years ago where it was like, we got to make this comic book movie and hopefully it makes some money. So we need to put it like, make it like PG if you can. Like, yeah. Well, I was just going to well, say. This movie, Daredevil, originally was an R-rated and R rating, and they had to cut back on a lot of stuff because it was like too violent. Well, and then, I mean, to, uh, go ahead, Ryan. No, no, I was just gonna say re- really quickly. We haven't had a, a PG rated comic book movie Spider-Man. since since uh, the Fantastic Four. Edge like, Spider versus PG. No, but like, no, it's not. It's PG thirteen. Hundred percent certain. Talking, I'm gonna look something. Hundred percent certain. Up. I mean, I think to that, it's it's even even further. Ninety eight percent certain. Even further, <laughs> it's like if even if that's the case. When was the last live action superhero movie that was PG? When did that come out? Fantastic Four. Right. Yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Like, like really? That's, that's that's a big deal. That's a yeah. really big deal because are we to to pull it into another thing? How often do you see people, kids playing video games that they really shouldn't be playing? Yeah, and it, it's interesting. I was just thinking, always. Was, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, and and I, that's a. When does the Fortnite of video of a of a superhero movie start coming out? Yeah, and it's interesting. I, I kind of wanted to mention this because you were talking about you know the Deadpool Edge recut. Spider versus PG. Huh. All right, I sit corrected. Um, but so as far as kids seeing stuff that's probably a little, a little outside their you know maturity level, most of the kids who wanted to see Deadpool and who were not who could not have gone in alone to see Deadpool. Yeah. They've already seen it. Probably. Right? So, again, going back to the, this test of a movie, right? So, I, well, I, I'm wondering, what new audience does that pull in that you haven't already gotten tickets from? It's, right? It's in, a, in this case specifically. I, right. And I think that's why it's a test balloon. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It's 100% a test balloon. Yeah. Um, mm. <clears throat> well, that, that's the entire reason that Venom was made PG-13. It was always going to be, be PG-13. Why? Because kids like Venom. I loved Venom when I was six, mm-hmm. years, old. six years old. I was Spider-Man one year for Halloween. I wanted to be Venom another year or whatnot. I didn't. I went to Spawn instead. Don't know how I got that one pulled <laughs> off, but whatever. Yeah. Um, Good move, Max. Yeah. But no, yeah. Like I, 
yeah, you have to think that, like, you know, kids are going to want to see your movie. Like, I heard stories of parents taking their kids to see Watchmen, but that was 2009. Twas a different time. Hmm. A different time. Yeah, because, yeah, and the reason why I bring that up is that there is, um, I would think that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is probably one of the more, from a tonal standpoint, kid-friendly superhero movies. Like, it's bombastic, yeah, it's, right? It's, hey, it's, space, it's fun. It's space, space fantasy. We have, and... have raccoons and stuff. But at the same time, those characters are not appropriate for younger children. Mm-hmm. And the Marvel movies, as they have gone on, have become less and less appropriate for children, whether it's themes or, in a lot of cases, language. There's a decent amount of swearing in most Marvel movies at this point mm-hmm. that if you watch the earlier movies, those words would not be used in those situations. Right. So sure. I wonder if the cadence falls into like a, a video game cut here, into like a Jack and Daxter situation. Do, do you grow your, your the maturity... Uh, of your content as the series ages because but, the fans that you created with your original your earlier releases have grown with your movies right and and right that's that's a like harry potter because all yeah. your because yeah. all of your original stuff still will be there for mm. your next generation of fans to you, get hooked you, into you mm. can do that i i get that but at the same point like kids want to go see movies in the theater Right. Oh yeah. Like so do they either start making more movies that are kid that are more towards that original tone or do we see the 20th year anniversary or the ten, or you know the 15th year anniversary of Iron Man 1 being re-released into the theater hmm. and restarting stuff. I think that hmm. I think there's some interesting places that comic book movies can go, but again, they're not going to change until they start until they yeah, stop yeah, making yeah. money. Yeah, well, I, I think it also goes into the discussion of um, who's the intended audience of the month-to-month comic, like your main Batman, Justice League, Superman, Iron Man, Captain America titles, because I can tell you it is not kids. No, that is not. No, it is not it, anymore. It is has been for the last decade, yeah. decade, 15 years, 15 years at least, probably even longer that if you go back to the 90s, I wasn't, you know, cognizant of exactly what was going on. But then, but for I'd probably say for at least 20 years. The intended audience of your month-to-month comic is not your kid. It's not kids. Plus, also, kids can't afford to do that based off how much they cost. Yeah. Um, I mean, but then again, you also have, like... And, and now you have more kid... You have kid titles, which are which are intended for your younger audiences and stuff like, yeah. stuff like that. What I'm going to talk about, though, is when you pull that Zeitgeist thing in, though, how many... Walk down the kids' book aisle right now. There are a bazillion superhero books all oh, like, 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 like learn to read little tie-in tie things in, yeah this, all that that is all down there comic books night might not be for children but comic but superheroes continue the to genre itself as continue to have yeah. a target audience of children in some of these in, in, in for certain aspects they're gonna pull them in oh but, yeah I mean even when I was growing up I mean you know Batman the animated series was the biggest hottest thing right and then you had other like the X-Men cartoon the Spider-Man cartoon the Iron Man cartoon etc cetera, etc cetera, etc cetera, ad nauseum it's it's a it's, it's a genre that can appeal to yep. many different uh, and, I, and I think your age com- groups. Your comic book reference there is a is a a, di- a completely different discussion as to what as to how long comic books survive in the current format of increasing prices with limited distribution. Yeah, the whole the digital distribution kind of shakes up and shakes that up in in regards to that. Um, I'm not nearly as much into the medium. I'm not going to get into that as much as I used to be, but it's you know, <laughs> it's 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 a it's a tricky thing to to really talk about. Yeah. All I can all I can tell you is that stores don't see as much of a bump from movies coming out as you think they would. No, they, I'm, I assume they would not. But but then again, you have more and more stuff appearing in like Target 
and the giant giant sections and like Barnes and Nobles and stuff like that. So mm. it's good. Yeah. Mm. So I think it'll be okay. Any other pins? I had one more pin. I think it's a much smaller pin than the rest of this. Mm, no, I think I covered all stuff I wanted things? to. What do you got, Ryan? No, I just I put just want that last pin in it. Hey, uh, I guess I guess you're you're allowed to put the pin in me since I lost the ratings bet on Spider Man. Um, That's okay. <laughs> But no, just just more about the music soundtrack, specifically the Evanescence song. I wanted to talk about that. And why why do you guys think that of all the things in two thousand three to have stuck around for fifteen fucking years, why is it a song from the Daredevil movie that still is played to this day on the radio? People still know it. Everyone knows this song. Why um, do you think I, it was so popular? I think that song particularly struck a chord with the emo scene that was emerging at the time. So even when I was graduating high school in 2007, there were people who were still like super into that band, even though it or that song specifically, even though it come out at that time, uh, you know, a handful of years before where where certain pop songs didn't nearly have that longevity. And then um, just the because of those people then growing up and moving into the different sectors of uh social media and the evolution of how memes came about uh the various ways that was appropriated kind of given it some legs it's it's often like the things you least expect kind of lasting the longest hmm. so i'm i think part of it ryan is that that song is in pop it's catchy. culture one, it's catchy. It's also relatively unique in the call back and forth between a female and male voice. Yeah, and, and that's kind of where I was going to go, but uh, I'll let you finish your thing. Rock, rock music does not play particularly well between male and female voices historically. No, yeah, nowhere near in comparison to hip-hop because, you know, yeah. you think of numerous hip-hop songs from that same year or years that had that callback between uh, male and female. And to Max's point, while emo music and then what was... I mean, 2003 really was the beginning of the heyday of pop punk um, because a lot of the emo music... I, I listened to a lot of emo music from, like, 13 until now. But, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's... So with that, but the, the strong... You know, 2003 is when you started to have a lot of calling back and forth. The Get Up Kids were starting to go away, who did who, be, who began a lot of the calling back and forth between two lead singers. Taking Back Sunday started to hit out. You know, those, those kinds of bands started to hit that had two male singers that would call back and forth to each other. This is a female singer and a male singer calling back mm-hmm. and forth. And that that even in the in the indie music scene is somewhat rare. But those songs stick around a whole lot. Think about um, Arcade Fire, Wake Up. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like you know, they they stick, right? Those those stick when they're done well. They really, really, really stick. And I think that for as much fun as people want to make of the Evanescence song, it's musically interesting. It's lyrically it's lyrically interesting between her voice and the difference that he has. She's got this haunting mm-hmm. long syllables that she's taking out. She's singing deeply through the whole thing, right? And, He's very harsh, quick, coming, quick, coming syncopated. It is a well put together song. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, didn't even touch upon the whole like rise of the hot topic around two thousand three yeah. and whatnot, and the yeah, and, but I mean the I legs that gave that. But go back to you. Sorry. No, you're you're fine. I mean, you're gonna get so many other. I mean, just like you're gonna get so many other bands that come out and have a have a single hit here or there, mm-hmm. or do this or do that. But I mean, I, I really think 
a lot of it does stick down to the two different voices that are in there. Yeah, and and I agree, but I also think at least I can speak a little bit from for for me, but I also when this when I heard this song and saw the videos and stuff, I was excited because uh, I I'm a rock music guy mo- mostly more than more than other genres, and just having a, a rock song that was pretty cool that was a female lead singer was basically unheard of for me at that age. It, and I was like, oh, this is fucking, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, this is and really fucking cool. So me being a young male, just having rock music that sounded good, but also had a, a female lead, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm into this. Like, I like this. But also for, from a representation standpoint, for, for girls having a song this popular with a lead female, just like it's everywhere. It's everywhere on the radio for years. Yep. That's an important thing. So I, I can't help but feel that that has helped it be become so ubiquitous in the way that it has. I don't know. No, I think I, I, that's, I think that's part of it. And I don't think it's unreasonable to say that there was a dearth of, of female rock or rock singers for the most of the nineties. Um, I mean, you're gonna get pop. You're gonna get pop music people, right? I mean, you're yeah. gonna have you, you. You have to dig deep into like some indie scenes to find to find that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, and... you have no doubt in that kind of stuff. But what, yeah, but what Ryan, what you're talking about, Ryan, is you're talking about like heavier, yeah, guitar heavy, drum driven right. rock things and, that yeah. started and, and, that started and, and, and on by rock 2003, stations. Uh, Gwen Stefani was off on her own right. um, solo career, and I don't, and I would say that. Particularly, you listen to a lot of stuff that's much harder than what I listen mm-hmm. to or what mm-hmm. Max listens to. I think right. So, but I think that that harder genre now has a has more female voices in it mm-hmm. in, the, in modern music than it did before. That in that may yeah that may or may not be true, but I think you're right. And and I and when I say may or may not be true, I think as far as how much those that female representation happens in that harder rock that also makes it to the airwaves. It yes, also so makes it into fair. the more well, mainstream yeah, that's, stuff. That's the that's yeah that's a you know different. Yeah, that's a different different. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. that's completely true. And I just I think that 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 matter your representation point is well taken. Yeah, like something like uh, and again, this is turning into a different podcast, but I don't I don't know how likely the success of a band like Hailstorm right now is without Evanescence having this one really this one song be as popular as it has been for so long. I, I don't know. Interesting thing to think about. Mm. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, for as much hate as that song gets, it's I mean, it's been important. <laughs> I don't. It's hard to say if it's hate or if it's just an admiration for the times, because like that's also when like um, stuff like Napster and LimeWire Lime was, was all oh, this the rage. Trashed Max. Yeah, yeah, I know it does, but it's <laughs> yeah. It's 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 sometimes hard to tell with shit posting. Yeah, and whatever. Correct, but. Such is the way of uh, 2019 and past and futures and such. So. Well, that wraps up another long post-movie discussion from Good Brews, Bad Views. We've hoped you've uh, had a good time listening to us ramble on about beer, movies, superheroes, music, comic books, uh, books. I think that's all the co- topics we covered. <laughs> As always, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Good Brews, Bad Views or at GBBV Podcast. Check us out at our website, www.goodbrewsbadviews.com. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and many other uh, fine sites where podcasts can be found. Um, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps out in the algorithms, helps more people find our podcast, which would be, frankly, pretty awesome. Yeah. And I think that's about it for today. Yeah, and, uh, and I mean, if you guys have movie suggestions or beer suggestions, 
let us know. Yeah. You can email us at goodbrewsbadbews at gmail.com. And as always, please watch. And drink. Responsibly. Woo! Sneezing at home. <laughs> Take care, everybody. <laughs>